On the Pilot TV podcast this week, we're going whaling with Stephen Graham in the North Water on BBC Two, pulling on the latex with Ryan Murphy in anthology slasher spin-off American Horror Stories on Star, and pulling bits of human out of industrial machinery in Paul Abbott's new forensic series, Wolf on Sky. I'm James Dyer, and welcome to the Pilot TV Podcast, a show like Season 4 of Friday Night Lights that has seen a significant shake-up in its core cast this week, because as we move, metaphorically speaking, to the pilot equivalent of East Dillon High, I am joined by a slightly different lineup this week. TV's Boyd Hilton is here, of course, aren't you, Boyd? Hello. You shall never remove me. I shall never remove you. I've tried. It's never going to happen. Yeah, uh, I'm and- never going to miss an episode ever, no matter where I You're am in the world. You're the only person yeah. who has never yeah. missed an episode. Exactly. That is dedication. But filling the Terry-shaped void in this week's show is none other than the Baronet of Swindon, Beth Webb. Are you feeling good about this, Beth? I am. Hi. It's lovely to be back. It's bittersweet, man. It's bittersweet. That live, um, that live stream you did last week really got me. Uh, God, it really got me. It really did. I can't even make a joke about it. That was that was really emotional. And um, and I love Terry. I'm gutted she's gone. I am looking forward to dragging you, though. That's going to be... Uh, that is think, now your role. I think we're going to have a lot of fun. <laughs> good, 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 good. <laughs> but that isn't all. That isn't all. Because to soften the blow of Terry's departure still further, we have a fourth <laughs> member of the team this week. You will know her from her role as Mary Morstan on Sherlock, as Miss Mardle on Mr. Selfridge, and D.I. Monroe on Case Histories, to name but three. She also stars as Forensic Scientist Dot in this week's Wolf, and is joining our shambolic band for this week's episode. It's Amanda Abington, and more importantly, Amanda's three dogs, who I'm very, very excited about. I am so sorry about the cacophony of barking. It's just ridiculous. I'm so Can sorry. Can we work out yeah. a system for the reviews? Like maybe three barks is a, like yeah. a recommendation? Three, three, or... Yeah. The thing is, though, James, they've been quiet all morning. <laughs> I got back from Vienna this morning and they have been quiet as much, just no peep out of them. Literally as soon as I logged into this, it was like, it was like the, the, the it was like the Viennese quiet, just all singing. And, but, yeah. I have that effect on most people, to be honest. So it's, it's, it's kind of understandable. <laughs> I like, I like uh, the fact that the dogs seem to stay quite quiet for James's introduction, almost as if they knew that something quite important and pompous was happening and they had to be a bit they, quiet. They're from a very, they're from a very professional family. Right. They know when to. Strictly yeah. trained. But, but actually, but apparently they don't. They do, yeah, they don't, actually. That's a lie. Yeah. Are they potential actors? Are you going to get them on the screen? Are you going to get them playing roles? They would be the worst behaved animals on on screen. They would be terrible. Awful. Yeah. We had a really bad dog in Sherlock. He was really bad, but these would be far really? worse. I guarantee it would okay. be terrible. Yeah, dreadful. dreadful. Can I ask, do you still yeah. have the tarantula? <laughs> She's upstairs. Are you joking? She's upstairs. <laughs> she, she? What's her name? She's called Ariana, and she was bought She was bought because my son passed an English exam, but I thought he'd failed. So I said, yeah, you can get a tarantula if you pass it. And he passed it with flying oh, colours. No. What, what, what does one wow. feed so a tarantula? She has to have a live locust every two weeks. <laughs> Only every two wow. weeks? Yeah. The, actually, I can't do anymore. I'm finding it more, as I get older, I'm more and more squeamish to feed her live things. So I get Joe to do it as it is her, his pet. As, yeah, that's as fair. Well, you know that's what I mean? fair. And my, da- my daughter's got two rabbits and I, they're now mine. She's got bored <laughs> with them. So I've, I've got all this menagerie of animals that, that we've adopted uh, on, the, on the behest of my children and they've just given them to me. Has the spider wow. ever got out? 
No, she's just it's just like having a, a rock with legs. It's literally just like it's, it's, she does literally nothing. She sits there like like with her yeah nothing. Except when the locust comes in, and then she'll be like, right, that's lunch. Except, and then she's mm. like on it, yeah. yeah. But she, I get her out and hold her. She's actually she's glorious. I love her. I really do. But people won't go upstairs. So I've got friends that won't go. Is the is the, is the tarantula here? That like, obviously yeah. yes. No, she's gone on holiday. <laughs> you should place her in a surprise part of the house every time you have people over Ooh, and yeah. they can sort of I should shouldn't I Ooh. should just yeah. put her out somewhere oh there she is yeah do you not like them boys no you, I can't no a, I've got, I've got, I've got, I think it's my only phobia yeah I, I get it from my oh, mum wow. my mum says is she it? can sense if there's a spider in the room <laughs> and, oh my god yeah, yeah. Literally yeah. spidey senses. Yeah. Literally exactly. spidey senses. Yeah, and I think it was Doctor No, and it says there's, a, there's a, tr- a scene in Doctor No. I think it was, I think I watched that mm. as a child and got me worried. Got me and it's traumatized you. spiders. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, if you ever come round, Boyd, I'll, uh, I'll hide her. <laughs> Thanks. Don't mind. Thanks. Come around later. Just, like, wonder where <laughs> yeah, she yeah, is. Yeah. Just wonder where she is. <laughs> yeah. I think I think I cured Simon Peg of his. He sort of came around because he's he always had a thing about spiders. Mm. I said, well, look, come round and hold. Ariana, yeah, and um, and he held her, and he felt much better after. So I think I might have cured Simon wow. of, his, of his arachnophobia. Because Gervais has a proper fear of spiders, and I know this because I was Does in, yeah, I was interviewing him once in this is great name drop already. I've only been going for five minutes, <laughs> and um, I was interviewing him in his dressing room at Shepperton, I think it was. Sure. And um, we were chatting away, and then a spider dropped from the ceiling, a tiny little <gasps> one, onto him, and he went yeah, and he jumped right. up and ran around the room <laughs> screaming. It's wow. no exaggeration to say, yeah. Oh. yeah. Because he's a real proper animal lover, yeah, isn't he? Yeah, he, he loves so animals. I would surprised, be surprised he was... Yeah, yeah, not so much. Not so much. No. Perhaps there's a side hustle here. You can just invite famous people with spider phobias <laughs> over and then and put Ariana on them. I could do like a, yeah, like a YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah, like, brilliant. Like, see how many get really scared. Arachnophobia with Amanda Abington. I, could, yeah. I would watch that. Yeah, I would watch that. have got a subscriber yeah. right here. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not like spiders. I, I, I'm not fond of spiders. Arachnophobia is probably the mm. film that scared me more than any other film, just because it freaked me out. I'm, in fact, yeah. I'm not good with a lot of this stuff. In fact, I have to say, watching Wolf this week, I was a bit oh. taken aback by the volume of misplaced body parts in episode oh, one yeah. after it's man versus industrial meat grinder. I know it's quite it's, gruesome. It's quite. I mean, I'd make a terrible pathologist. But like, how are you with that <laughs> kind of stuff? Like, are you squeamish with it? I thought I'd be more squeamish, actually. I, I, I. We had forensic officers on set to help us out all the time. And they said, I said, like, how accurate do they look? She said, this is like looking at an actor. So, so what you're seeing is what you would see if it had actually happened. Wow. It's the, 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 the prosthetics team on the, on the show were so on, on it. They, the attention to detail. And, and further on in all the other episodes, it, it, there's some pretty, it gets worse. Oh. I mean, it doesn't get, it doesn't get easier. There's one particular bit that was, horrible to do like me me and, and naomi were, were we all, all had to go into this room and it was just we were going gipping we were gipping <laughs> yeah i was actually wow. going to mention gipping because this is something terry white formerly of this parish used to talk about gipping a lot which is a term i had never yeah. encountered before she yeah. introduced it to me but this show <laughs> would absolutely make her gip <laughs> yeah yeah as i said the, 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 the scene i'm talking about you'll know it when you see it Naomi got a bit in her mouth. That's all I'm going to say. 
and we we dined out on that. Not, yeah, wrong turn of phrase, but we kind of yeah we ribbed her about that for quite a while afterwards. Yeah, she was like, it's in my mouth, it's in my mouth. What what yeah. what is TV viscera actually made of? Like, what is it? What what is the stuff? Is it like jam? Does it taste well, nice? It, it, well, there's, there's there's actually we use like prosthetic mm. blood. That's always like proper the proper stuff. And then and then the, the, we had like we were down in a sewer at one point. So. And that's really disgusting. There's a big fat bug thing down <laughs> there that they've made. And they, I mean, I don't even know what the concoction was that the, 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 the uh, set department was using, but it looked hideous. And that was actually, in fact, that was the only time throughout the whole of the series that I started to feel genuinely queasy was when I was down in a sewer with everything that you would expect to be down in the yeah. sewer. It, mm. And it was all, it didn't. And you, st- what's weird is you start to, smell it you start it's not there's, there's nothing to smell but your 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 brain goes this is the real deal this is actual yes. shit and it's not it's not, it's a weird thing yeah never go so full method in a sewer really don't I, I strongly advise that and also just never go down and yeah. sue it if you if you mm. don't have yeah. to just ever is my advice mm. yeah yeah there is a bit in yeah. that first in that in that first scene in with the um, in the meat in the slicing thing the, with the bits of corpse yeah. where I think one of you is, is it Adam he holds up a bit of skin and yes. it, yeah that was yeah. and I ne- I found that he, and I can watch anything like I horror films yeah. but that was yeah. what was that made out of I was like how, okay, I, I guess know. yeah uh, it, that's latex oh, okay. it's all just it's all various right. types of latex right. and right. Pla- and sort of, yeah it's, okay. it's, that's very fine latex but we spoke to, again you know I don't know if I should actually say this but I doesn't matter <laughs> um, I, they do ha- there is a, there is a, like a real kind of gallows humour that they have to have because if you don't have that yeah. it can send you it can send you barking so they have to kind of compartmentalize it and actually do sort of try and treat it they treat it all with reverence and respect obviously because it's 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 a it's a horrible situation but there there is a gallows humor that goes with it in order for them to get through it because they they see some pretty gruesome stuff and as like i say you know the stuff that you see in the show is is accurate is factually right. accurate in terms of what you would see if it had actually happened that, that yeah. comes across really strongly actually the gallows mm. that's one of the first things i noted is when they're when they're jo- i think it's adam and shaniqua are, are joking when they go when they pull him is yeah. this a bit of chicken is this a bit of person i don't <laughs> think this is an eyeball and it's just like yeah. but yeah. i guess they dis- you'd get so desensitized to it that you'd, yeah. you'd and have also, to. I don't, yeah you don't yeah, you, you. I think you, they, they need break. You know, you have to have breaks, and I think you know certainly. Like, I think scene of crime photographers as well can only do it for a certain amount of time because it's it, it's it's quite. You know, it's you're seeing everything. Mm. You see ev- any everything that you would expect in any kind of tra- accident or murder. They they see it. And we so should say you yeah, are. That is your character. You are a scene of crime mm. photographer. Um, yeah, in the show. Yeah, yes. I, I do all. The, yeah, we do all the kind of. So we we our team of five. Um, we look after um, uh, Wolf because he's he's bipolar, and if he doesn't take his meds, he goes off extreme on extreme sort of roots and, and craziness. Mm. And throughout this series, he stops taking his medication, and we have to kind of look after him and, and make sure he doesn't go you know crazy. Um, but we all do different, you know. We all, we all specialize in stuff, but we all we're all kind of broad church, do everything under the under the forensic umbrella sort of thing yeah. i've always wondered like how that actually works like and presumably you guys had sort of like like forensic consultants and whatnot because remember where, when like csi came out and like, everyone would watch mm. that and go you have to be kidding like the stuff on that set is probably worth more than our annual budget for this stuff like in america they've got these yeah. spectroscopes and lasers and things and then you always imagine in the uk it's it's someone with a pencil <laughs> and like just like poking yeah, and- something in a garden <laughs> yeah 
and a Bunsen yeah, burner. Yeah, 100%. Sure. Yeah. And, but, but I just wondered, you know, process-wise, like how, how closely does it hew to sort of how they actually do these things? Well, we, yeah, I mean, we had all the equipment that they used. I mean, we, when, before we started filming, we went to a, a, a forensic um, office, a forensic laboratories, where they teach... Uh, students to mm. become forensic officers as well so it's a working it's a working laboratory and the stuff they they showed us all the stuff that they use in order to you know to process stuff and to find out what people died of and then so so we had all the up-to-date equipment and what they did what the, what the set designers did was they built this incredibly it's like something out of a marvel film our studio i, I don't know whether you would have seen you saw it in the first when when mm. naomi puts all the lights on and you see this amazing amazing mm. building um mm. that is that's not what the actual forensic offices look like they're, they're it's more shoddy <laughs> you know it's good, but but ours is very high tech and just aesthetically more pleasing to look at because it's a show but um but but of it's course, yeah, yeah we 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 had all the equipment they they leased all the equipment that would be used in the actual laboratories so and we were taught how to use them in a very basic form and also like i have to like i said this when i've been doing press for it i've been saying you know this isn't a documentary so people watching it must people, people yeah, some people go well that's not accurate it's like well no of course it's not if we're wearing all the masks you wouldn't see our faces so we wouldn't be able to act and show, so you know i have to say <laughs> that it's not don't watch it thinking oh this is an interesting documentary it's not it's it's one of those things that is just a bit of entertainment but it's rooted in truth so you know it's 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 yeah because yeah. i think people do get a little bit upset when they go well you know that's not believable it's, it's not supposed to be that bit's not supposed to be <laughs> yeah, it's television this is drama but hopefully you picked up some useful skills from this if they taught you how to use it stuff like your kids come in and misbehave and you can like examine yes. the scene and be like i think yeah. you find it is you yeah. who ate all of the rice krispies and <laughs> i can tell for the following and then reasons i can take them to a, a young offenders prison and get rid of them for a couple of months so <laughs> <laughs> which will probably do the world of good i think <laughs> these forensic officers that we spoke to they t- I mean, they were very graphic in, in, in how they said, well, you know, you could get rid of a body like this and this. I'm thinking, well, you should you be telling us that, really? Should you be telling, like, civilians how easy it is to actually get rid of a body? I don't know if that's protocol, is it? Should you? And Which goes back to that whole gallows humour of, like, they have to kind of get it out. They just have yeah. to talk about it in a kind of very natural way. Otherwise, I think it's, you know, it's, it's, it's such a huge thing they do and, and, and it can it's quite affecting to them, so... Yeah, I was going to ask because that tone that you're talking because it is mm. funny. It is it's mm. it's really mm. funny. All, I mean, even when it's being serious and you know, there's you're not far away. It's almost borderline. I know James and I often discuss genre yeah. things, and James <laughs> finds it difficult to work out what's a comedy and what's yeah. a drama. But sometimes in this, and because it's Paul Abbott, I mean, we should say you know, and yeah. a, a, a master yeah. of this kind of thing. But I think it's on the funnier end, isn't it? it feels to me of his yes. stuff. Like all it's, the way through. Did it feel that way to you when you yeah, when you read it? Yeah, I mean, it? really funny. And also, what they've done beautifully is they've got a cast of people that that could that, that got funny bones. You know, everybody in it handles the humour really mm. beautifully. I think. Um, but it it is it's very dark, and it gets. I mean, it gets darker and darker as it goes on, just in terms of like the the, the dialogue mm. and what we talk about and how, you know, how blasé we are about certain aspects of the job. Yeah, it's. I I it made me laugh. I mean, it, we would make each other laugh in scenes because of as you say like Paul Abbott is so he doesn't he's on the nose completely he doesn't he's not frightened of shocking and he's not frightened of being controversial which I love you know I think it's so brilliant that we have mm-hmm. people like him still writing for for us and um it's it it's very it's on the nose yeah it's on the nose certainly you go oh god can I say that is that gonna 
I'm going to offend like I'm going to offend so many people. It's like, no, just say it. It's fine. Like, all right. Well, yeah. Where did you shoot the series, by the way? How did this fit around pandemic life? Well, it was the first thing I did coming out of a pandemic. I, I, we started it we, uh, at the beginning of the year, so we started in January, and we were up in Manchester for five mm. months. And and thankfully, we didn't get hit. The, we got hit one day on the first day of filming. Um, Babu's one of Babu's ch- children tested positive, but but then but then it was a false positive, and actually they were fine. But we had to stand down for at that point because it was all still still sort of new, and we were all kind of scared about it um we stood down for about a week and a half um and then got back up again and then thankfully we just sailed through i mean we were very very careful we'd have we had covid tests we were a little bubble of people that stayed together and actually it worked really well and what was beautiful is because we'd been all of us had been out of the loop for a year going back into something and all wanting to make something fabulous and have fun (laughs) and do some work it felt like such a labor of love and it was it felt very very uh personal and heartfelt and poignant because we were we were doing our job again and i know that sounds oh god you know actors talking nonsense but actually what it felt like is we we're telling stories again which is which is you know people all people want stories you know they want to be told stories and so getting back on the horse after such a horrible shitty year we were we were all very yeah. grateful basically and we all got on so well and laughed a lot and it was it was a blessed relief to get back to normal really or some semblance of the normal certainly well yeah as close yeah. to like what during the whole variety of lockdowns that we've had over the last 18 months like what what have been the things that have got you through it? i mean have there been specific shows that you've kind of latched onto as a life raft? yeah succession i got i just ate up <laughs> I just I, oh, I just, I mean, that show, and it's just about to come out. And I know, I know Lucy Preble, who's one of the writers and she, keep, you know, mm. she keeps posting stuff, little, you know, little teasers. I'm like, I cannot wait for this. I cannot wait for it. <laughs> um, mm. I got, did a lot of documentaries on Netflix. I, that was, that was one of my favorite things where I just get doing lots of documentaries. Um, and then I rewatched the whole of the American office. Um, oh, wow. Because yeah. it was, because it was so easy to watch and it was so, it's still so funny. And it was just one of those things that, you know, when it got a bit like dark and it's like, when can we go out again? You could just put like, you know, Michael Scott on and he would just get you through it. It was, yeah, yeah it was great. And I introduced my kids to friends as well. They, they got into oh. it. So, so wow. yeah, it was, it was, you know, it was a time to introduce my kids to shows that I'd liked sort of when I was a bit younger. Um, but yeah, it was, t- t- box sets got me through the, the, um, the the pandemic certainly the lockdowns yeah yeah i think that there's something very therapeutic about being able to mainline just almost unlimited amounts of TV God, in a row. Also, because we were all because we were all locked down you didn't feel guilty for watching five in a no, row you're no. like no i can yeah. do this i've got literally nothing else on <laughs> <laughs> yeah. guilt-free binging yeah, yeah. It, definitely yeah and at the moment um my son we're on the fifth se- i've never seen it we're on the fifth season of the walking dead which I am loving. Oh. Well, this this is this is excellent news. You've come, to right say, I am the, you've come to the right place. I am the Walking Dead stand, though. I will avoid any spoilers because I've been watching the final eleventh yeah. season. That's what Jay yeah. yeah. and... My son's on at the moment. Oh. He keeps coming and going. You're not going to believe what's happened. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm only on five. I'm only on five. <laughs> it's so good. It is good. Oh, it's very very good. Uh, who's your favourite character? Rick. 
and I like Rick and Daryl and Carol. They're my, oh, they're yeah, my yeah, three yeah. favorites at the moment. I just, I just, I love it. I, I cannot get enough of it. <laughs> well, I... Daryl and Carol are getting their own spin-off show. Are they? <gasps> yeah. yeah. I, I don't. We don't know what it is. Right. We just know there's a Daryl and Carol show, and in my head, it's like an odd couple comedy, yeah. like a little sitcom thing. Yeah. But I can't work out what it's going to be. It'll I really be like can't. Man About the House. Do you remember that? Yeah, hundred percent. hundred percent. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's 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 definitely one of my favourite things, and also because I know because boy, you because we Ellie Matsura and I worked together on a few shows, didn't we? And yeah. she she's yeah. in it, and so. It was so lovely, actually, because when it was Joe's birthday, I think last year or the year before, maybe, I asked, I said to Ellie, can you get some of the Walking Dead to do, like, Joe a video message? And about 12 <laughs> of them all sent him his message. And he was oh, beside himself. And, of course, now I'm watching. I'm like, oh, my God, can I have that video? <laughs> 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 it, was, yeah, it was really cool. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I love it. I love That's it. I'm brilliant. addicted. Yeah. Well, one of the things that we tend to go on to now, which I was actually going to kick off with The Walking Dead, is what we have been watching recently. And uh, I will not bang on about The Walking Dead endlessly, not least of all, because there will be spoilers. And I now cannot say what I was going to yeah. say because I won't ruin your enjoyment. Suffice it to say, I have watched more episodes of the final season of The Walking Dead and it is living up to my high expectations. So that is good news. But good. let's not hear about me. Amanda, what have you been watching over the last sort of week or well, two? What have you been introduced to? My friend, Daisy Haggard, she's got a thing out called Back to Life and it's her second series. She does. So I caught up with that because I've been in Vienna doing some filming over there and I came back this morning. So I caught up with that today. I love her. I think Daisy is one of the one of our finest comedy actresses, I think she is. And her writing is so brilliant. Um, mm. and, and the first series of that I, I binged, I just watched back to back because she's so engaging. Um, so I watched that. I've watched that. I've, I'm watching a lot of RuPaul's Drag Race, amazing. <laughs> uh, which my friend got me into and Celebrity Masterchef. I like, see, I like things I, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm quite, um, it takes a lot to get me into like a drama or a comedy. I, it has to really get me in. like with succession, mm. you know, I, I got past the first episode and I was a bit like, I don't know. I'm not sure about this. And then once I'd got into the second and third, I, I, I had to really kind of hold myself back from not watching the whole thing in one day. Um, but, but it does take a lot to get me into box sets. And once, but once yeah. I'm in, I'm in. And then what I tend to do is watch them again. Like I, I'll repeat watch. Like I repeat watched The Sopranos last in the pandemic as well, mm. because mm. you know I'm I'm sort of a creature of habit, and I I like you know I like things that I like to go back to my old favourites and stuff. So yes. you know it's 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 much yeah it's it's good. And and of course now the football season started, I can watch football with my son as well. We're big Tottenham fans, so we kind of. Oh, a Ted Lasso it's... fan. Speaking of football, I know. Watch Ted Lasso. I haven't watched it. It's on my list to watch. It's on my list to watch. It's supposed to be brilliant. Oh, you have to watch Ted Lasso. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's yes. fantastic. 100%. I will. I'm yeah. gonna. I'm definitely gonna watch that. I'm really gonna watch that. But I'm. 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 I'm watching. I've started watching the 9/11 documentary on Netflix, and there's a couple on the BBC that I've started to watch as well because I'm fascinated by that or the how that start. You know that. The, that 20 years before the whole Afghanistan mm. thing. So, mm. you know, it's so I'm, I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit of a documentary nut as well. I do like my docs. There were a lot of 9-11 documentaries um, yeah. this week and the, there's more next week uh, in the build. But I think the, yeah, the one, the, the, I think the most incredible one was in the war room where they had all of the that's American the I'm politicians. And, yeah, that is, that is incredible. Yeah, yeah that's used, what I'm watching at the moment. I use too much. <laughs> Yeah, it's, that is it's, spectacular, it's that one. Very, it's really Just the access. 
Yeah, yeah. I know. They're all on there, like Condoleezza Rice and, and all of them, yeah. like Colin Powell and George Bush. They're all being interviewed. I was like, how the hell did you get yeah. these people? You know, it's, it's unbelievable. Are they like yeah. newer interviews or are they like yeah, archive new, from no, my no, brand new. Brand new. For this, oh, the, wow. Yeah. Okay. For this, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, for it's this documentary. It's incredible, yeah. yeah. It's amazing. It so I'm yeah. quite engaged yeah. in that at the moment, yeah. And I'm also watching, King, I love King Gary. I'm a big fan of King Gary. I love oh, that. Oh, yes. I'm so <laughs> glad you said that. I love it. I love it. James doesn't get it. Yeah, James doesn't understand it. I don't get it. He doesn't understand it. It's so funny, isn't it? It's kind of a bit Saxondale. Do you know what I mean? I'm a massive fan of Saxondale. It's the same kind of thing, that kind of suburban kind of lunatic. Yeah. I quite like that. Yeah, Big Tom Davis is is a legend. Yes. And Laura Checkley, Laura Checkley, as is, oh. is, is she is a genius, comedy genius. I think she's genius. Geni- I do Absolutely. think she's genius. I think she is just, she's yeah. on the money. She just, her timing yeah. and her, just her, her attention to detail is fabulous. I think she's wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Great. Lovely. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll abstain from good that choices. one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's just gripping the chair. He's really, yeah. he's really upset about that now. Really. Yeah, he is. You can tell. I'm not happy yeah. about that at all. I mean, no. I don't get succession either, so it's probably better don't just you? ignore everything why, I say. Why, no, why don't you get succession? It's embarrassing, isn't it? Uh, okay, see... see. <laughs> Okay, it's one of these shows. We've said this before. So my whole thing is, so so you know the Bechtel test? Mm, yeah. When I first saw Succession, I devised this thing called the Bell End test, where for me to access a TV show, it needs to have two characters who are not Bell Ends having a conversation with each other about another character who is not a Bell End, which right. is, I guess, my way of saying, I need an access point. I need to like someone yeah. in a show and root for someone. Yeah. Or I just feel like I'm inviting Bell Ends into my front room and spending time with them, and I don't know why I do that. And so I, I like... and. This this is non-going. It's not just Succession. Any show that is populated largely by unlikable characters, I just really, really struggle with. But I appreciate this is a problem with me and not with the no, show. No, I don't think it is because I, you know, I was talking to I was talking to somebody about this in the day because I'm I'm tentatively going to write something with somebody and and we were saying, you know, you have your key your key character has to be somebody that you can you can relate to and you have you can like, which is why I don't know why Succession works, but it for me mm. it does. Yeah, and but I, it does. And I, can't, yeah. And I don't because I hate everybody in it. <laughs> yeah, same. I, but is it degree? I'm supposed to. You like latch onto to. the person you hate you the least. You are supposed to, aren't you? But, you're, but yeah. but how you, you hate them, but you're still really engaged in them. And yeah. I think I suppose yeah. what I want to see them do is all fail. I want them to all fail mm. because they're all such hateful individuals, you know. And you think they they have like little sparks of like, oh, maybe not, and then they turn around and do something absolutely heinous and awful. You go, mm. oh, fuck you! I don't like you anymore. So yeah, I, yeah. The Sopranos has you know on the on the surface of it unlikable characters in that they're all pretty bad people, yeah. but it's within that world. Yeah, you can think well, playing by these rules, I actually quite like Tony regardless. I loved Tony Soprano. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, I thought he was like a proper anti-hero. He was like the he mm. was so mm. beautifully written because you because he was an absolute asshole, but you can't you loved him. <laughs> you loved despite mm. yourself. Mm. You loved him. Yeah. And mm. have you seen yeah. the new one they're doing with his son playing him? Many Saints <gasps> of Newark. Yeah. How much does he look like his dad? <laughs> Even though, like when Weird. there's a shot, there's a shot of him just walking off, and I'm like, that's James yeah. Gandolfini. Mm. That's just he, yeah. the, they yeah. are just so. And, and I was when I watched that trailer, I thought, I wonder how hard that was for him to do that. You know, for his son to play his yeah. dad, Definitely. essentially, yeah. I, I, it must have been quite a bittersweet thing for him to do. I think. Mm. Yeah, but I can't wait for that. I am. I'm all over that because it's David Chase as well, who I, you know, who, is, yeah. and so it's gonna. I, you sort of know it's gonna be good, don't you? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love. Yeah. I'm looking forward. To, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Well, uh, Bethy, would you like to tell us what you've been watching? Yeah, sure. Uh, I went to my grandma's this bank holiday. 
and watch some grandma telly, some solid grandma television <laughs> oh, with God. her. Um, Boydy, I saw you were doing this as well. We watched some vintage um, Parkinson because they oh, were yeah. celebrating 50 yeah. years of his career. <laughs> so uh, I just had a very still weekend in Coventry of my grandma watching Parky. Um, wow. And it was wonderful. Do you know what? It was so nourishing and rewarding yeah. and it had oh hello parking I'm fan so over there sorry no <laughs> he's literally I barking, love he's it. barking yeah. at wind I think it's like windy <laughs> it's ridiculous fair enough wind, wind is annoying I mean fair enough. yeah for him particularly <laughs> yeah. shut up yeah. <laughs> but no it was great and I really do implore if you just want a nice sort of I don't know when I'm hungover, I watch like old Sesame Street videos and I think I'm going to make the switch to Parky because the interviews that he does are so wonderful. I was watching an old one with um, a very young Bette Midler um, who was just having the most fantastic time with him and winding him up and taking the piss out of his accent. And she was wearing this gorgeous little like showgirls dress and just that brilliant i mean grand didn't approve but we just had <laughs> such a nice time and he, there was a there was a great interview with um, billy Connolly on there in this oh, outrageous wow. suit so just a really nice trip down memory lane um that we both could appreciate did you think it was i thought it was really good how on that program that that parky retrospective thing they could have ignored like the dodgy moment so there's the, that helen mirren interview famously mm. he interviewed helen mirren yeah, you know, in, yeah and went on went on relentlessly about her breasts i mean it yeah. was embarrassing excruciating she did it yeah. she handled it so well didn't she she handled it yeah. so brilliantly and then she came on later years later um, and they showed both of those interviews and how she kind of forgave him for being a complete, complete, yeah. complete twat at that moment. But he, they, but for them to kind of address those things, I thought was really good that they addressed his, you know, his oh, period they? sexism. Okay. Yeah, it was fascinating. I mean, it's yeah. a it's a different time, isn't it? Because as well, there's there's been questions now about the interview he did with Meg Ryan, where she came yeah. across as quite <gasps> abrasive, and oh, now yeah. that's being yeah, that's being reevaluated yeah. and being like, okay, was she abrasive or was this? Was this a bit of a dodgy interview as well? So, yeah, some of them are very much a product of the time. Mm. But, um, so, yeah, that, that was our evening. And we watched a, a show on the science of eagles as well, which we both really enjoyed, wow. which was weirdly emotional. We got quite, um, quite teary watching that. And the science that, of that, eagles. Is that literally what it says in the, in the title? Is it about eagles? The, the science of eagles. Wow. Is that, I think that's what it was called. And it was wonderful. And there was this wonderful scientist who got to kind of fly with the eagles. <gasps> and he got really emotional getting to do it. Wow. Um, you know? And so that was just a really nice thing to do with my grandma. So oh, that's, that's so uh, lovely. Yeah, that was a, a good week for Telly in that respect. Um, and then violently different to that um i've just started watching the good lord bird which i appreciate has come out for a little while but i feel like has slipped under people's radars quite a lot so that's on sky atlantic and it's ethan Hawke just in the most incredible mm. incredible lead performance um and really enjoying that at the moment as well okay um oh, and that was uh that's been my week really so yeah, violently different. Yeah, <laughs> totally. But, yeah. but but you know that's that's telly. It is. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> Boydie, what have you got for us? Um, well, I was going to mention the Parkinson stuff as well. Funnily enough, yeah, because I I thought that was fascinating. It's just, it's just um, to compliment your bullseye rewatch that you've been doing recently. A little bit, yeah. Have I mean, well, no, James, not all. <laughs> I, I watched. I wish you watched Bullseye last week. I was They're on holiday so last good, week, Amanda. I, I, oh, I it's wait. so good. I love it is. some of the yeah, Bullseyes. Yes, and me They're and my so, so me and my friends that I was with, three of us went to this um, big, huge farmhouse in Suffolk, and they, and we yeah. watched Bullseye. That, that would be our nightly Perfect. routine. 
glass of red wine, old bullseyes. And but I imagine it is it's like strangely a, addictive. That stuff is strangely is so addictive. addictive. Oh, my God. Honestly, after about... I love it. I started watching loads of 3-2-1s and... and yes. Uh, yes. I loved it because it's you, sort, you, you sort of watch back and you go, the, the clues... Absolutely, like absolutely ridiculous clues that, ridiculous. Po- that point yeah. to the car, and it's the bin. Yeah. It's like it, it's. <laughs> yes. I, yeah, yeah, I love all those yeah. old games. And shows. just how are those old guys, Ted Rogers, Jim Bowen, those old showbiz kind mm. of terrible, kind of terrible yeah. comedians who got these jobs that then they kept for decades. Like, I know. you know, Jim Bowen was doing bullseye for like 15, 20 years or something. Yeah. And it, uh, uh, extraordinary, and so you kind yeah. of see British society. Kind of just about developing through the eighties and nineties. It's slowly evolving, the, kind of, through, yeah, kind of evolving through the medium just about, game show, yeah, of game shows, yeah. So this was, yeah, I I banged on about that last week, um, and I'm still watching old bullseyes even even after the holiday. But I watched mm. the Parky stuff, and I wanted I was going to mention my favourite of all his guests, and people talk about Billy Connolly and all of those people and all the ones, mentioned, but um, Joan Rivers. Joan, there's a Joan Rivers clip of her on the show and she tells this story which actually relates to when she, when she tried to take her own life right and it's the most amazing story and how that story ends and how she manages to be funny about this moment in her life wow. is absolutely amazing it's one of the, I think it's she and she and I she, she's such a legend I think and um, mm. you know you kind of you, you forget that she's not no longer with us but she was the clips of her in the parking shows are spectacular so and yeah. I then went on a kind of YouTube Joan Rivers thing and just watch loads of clips on loads of different chat shows. She had her own chat show on Channel 5, remember? Um, yeah. And she would just, yeah. Yeah, and she would just, they would just let her do these absolutely outrageous monologues. You're talking about, you know, what what the script of uh, the script of Wolf, that there are things in there where you worry, you know, is it people yeah. to complain about? Well, I mean, what she got away with was, I don't think she, I, mean, I know it's a bit of a cliche, but I wonder whether the executives would let her say stuff that There's she said. No There's no, no way. There's no way. Watch, no way. I was watching some of her stuff the other day, funnily enough, on Instagram, she popped up and and then I saw, like you, I went down a little wormhole. She was outrageous. Yeah. I'm like, wow, she's Inc- saying stuff that you can't even yes. think now. You right, know, exactly. Yeah, she really was. Yeah. 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 So I watched that. And the other thing I've been watching is um, is uh, Vigil, which is going out. Um, mm. the, the, last, the third episode oh, would have yeah. gone out. Yeah. On the big BBC One submarine drama, talking you talking about Amanda, you know the that people are going to complain that it's not completely accurate. I mean, already <laughs> there are these ridiculous articles saying, "Oh, submarine life isn't exactly like that." You know, I mean, <laughs> fuck you. Yeah, I just want to say to, to all those people who have written those articles, "Fuck you." Who cares? Yeah, it's a fiction. Yeah, it's fiction. And you know, it's, it's a, not yeah, seriously. supposed to. Yeah, yeah, but it's so riveting, and that and the test. It's got the that line of duty instantly riveting storytelling quality to it where they pack so much story in every episode yeah and the, like the third episode it's like it ends and you think that's they've kind of wrapped it up now how are there going to be three more episodes <laughs> of this unbelievable level of narrative yeah. development where there's like mystery and twists and shocks every single week there's about five or six different twists and turns and kind of surprises wow. every single episode of it i'm up to the yeah. fifth episode and um oh, yeah okay. uh, yeah because yeah, we get well, because we get sent, so I, you know, I, yeah, we get sent the previews on the on the yeah. So I've been except exploiting my except for the finale, yeah. So now I'm furious. Oh, I need the finale. you're not allowed to get the, yeah. get the finale. Oh no, that's annoying. Well, I, I think I know it's really annoying. Yeah, but you know, having said that, I think that, you'll so, be okay. 
Yeah, I think I'll pay. You're Better right. having Thanks none of this. Thanks for that. Yeah, I'll go. Yeah, I'm just survive. a very dealer. I will survive. Both of our problems. Gosh. Can you not I'm wait like three weeks? Spoiled. Spoiled. It has yeah. been one of those weeks, actually, for good previews dropping. Like, we got the morning show. We got sex education. We got Vigil. Wow. We got Motherland Fort Salem. Like, all the great stuff mm-hmm. all in one go. As we and said, Motherland watching- Fort Salem. <laughs> And Motherland Fort Salem to go from watching Connor Swindell's in Vigil to going straight into episodes, and yes. I was into cutting oh. episodes of Sex Education. That was some mental gymnastics right there. I was like, this is a weird yeah. segue. Yeah. He is so fucking good at sex education, though. I am. Oh, the best. I don't think we're allowed to talk about because no, that's I something say, I've I was definitely say, been watching. But, this week. but it's clearly embargoed, so I can't say whether the third season is any good <laughs> at all. He was, he was really good in season two as well. You can he talk was. about that. He was. Yeah. Oh, yes. he was the best. He, he's been very yeah. good all the way through. Yeah. Uh, but yes, I've been in, enjoying all of these things i've been sent not to mention there were a couple of new episodes of oh sorry a couple of new foundation trailers uh dropped that i was able to watch Um, enjoyed enjoyed those a lot um but uh, no, can we just talk? So Motherland Fort Salem, Amanda, I don't know if you've ever seen this. This is, this is the sort of YA teen show about shouty witches. So it takes place. I haven't place, seen it, no. Oh, I love it. I'm obsessed with it. So oh, it takes okay. place in America where witches are sort of predominantly, not, though not exclusively women. And when they come out as witches, they are they are sort of conscripted into the US Army and they're sent to Fort Salem to be trained as soldiers because America's military force is mainly made up of witches. Right. And I have it's to say, can just I just say brilliant. at one point, does this does sound like a, an Alan Partridge pitch? Yeah. Oh yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Shouting witches. Magic shouts. It's yeah. amazing. There's yeah. a witch bomb that goes yeah. off. Yeah. It's just epic. Yeah. Alan will play the Alan. Alan will play the main wizard. <laughs> You just have to vet the witches. I'm going to want to yeah. vet the witches. Yeah, yeah. I bet yeah, the witches. Yeah, yeah. Which better? Well, yeah. yeah. If if you uh, enjoy the Alan pitch, then it's on iPlayer. So you know, I love witches boots. and I like the army. So there you what, go. Could, what could possibly it's, it's go perfect. wrong? Okay, it's everything you. you need from a TV show. Okay, cool. I'll check that out. What's it called? It's so it's called Motherland, but obviously because because it doesn't have Anna Maxwell Martin in there like hurling spells at the yes. PTA, uh, they they've called it. I think over here it was so it's Motherland Fort Salem over here. I don't know what it's called in America. I think it's largely just called Motherland, oh, but okay. uh, your Motherland colon Fort Salem. I think it's right. just called Fort Salem here. I think they've got rid of the is Motherland. It, is it now? So I they dropped so. the Motherland over yeah, here, and the Motherland so. is in America. Yeah. I knew it was something. I think like it's that. just Fort okay. Salem, yeah, because it's too just confusing. Fort yeah. Salem. Yeah, yeah. but don't pretend you're going to watch it, Amanda. <laughs> you don't. You don't. Yeah, when you go off here, you might ignore it. Yeah. When I get off here, I'm going to rewatch Succession. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's fair. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. Yeah. But look, I'm just going to say, season two of Motherland Fort Salem drops on Sunday on iPlayer in its entirety. So if you have, you know, eight to ten hours free okay. and well, you I fancy do, yeah. shouty witches, yeah, mm. then mm. I might. This, I this might will do out. it. I say might. <laughs> but, but, but actually yeah. won't. No, that's fair. That is entirely fair. No, I might. I love. I say I love witches. I'm obsessed with witches. So yeah, great. Floats my boat. Well, I quite like YA fantasies. Like there was a thing on Netflix last year, which I've talked about, like, called Fate of the Winx Saga, which was about teenage fairies. So there's a, there's definitely a theme okay, here. Okay, yeah, you have. Yeah, I can see there is. Mm. Yeah, okay, cool. Mm. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Let us move on then to this week's listener question, which is rather appropriate, actually, in a week where a, a new Paul Abbott show comes out. But the question is about which our favourite TV writers of all time are. Uh, so Amanda, this gives you the opportunity to oh, burn gosh. some bridges <laughs> if yeah. you so choose. Um, who wants to go first? I'll say one that I that I love. That they only did two series, but it's still my two. It's my favourite show ever. 
Connie Booth and John Cleese are two of my yeah. favourites. Oh, lovely. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, just Faulty joyful. Towers. Yeah, completely. Um, yeah. Wildly problematic these days, but nevertheless, it is. I know, genius. but I watched some of it. With, I, again, I watched some of it with my kids during the pandemic and we were howling. You can't it's not. so funny. You can't no. not laugh yeah. at it. I defy mm. you not to. It's just, yeah, it's brilliant. And, no, I still maintain it's the greatest British sitcom of all time. I really so do. I, just, I can't. It's, so it cannot good. be beaten for me. But then equally, there are certain episodes I don't even know if they're allowed to air now. No, but, uh, no. They, they still show them. They, yeah. they showed them all. They? On, they showed them on BBC One, primetime. Which is warnings, didn't presumably. They? Like, yeah, warnings contains yeah. massive rampant they, racism. Yeah, they make little edits. They do make little edits. I know that. Yeah. But, okay. um, I okay. think they... But yeah, with warning and in minor edits, they, they get away with it. Yeah, but I thankfully, think by and large, is, though, by and large, it's still very, very, very funny and beautifully crafted. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah, yeah it is. It's, it's hard to beat that. I think just in terms oh, of it, it really is. You know, and the, yeah. and the characters. I mean, everybody in it is is breathtakingly good. Yeah, you know, it's mm. it's yeah, yeah, take, yeah. It'll take a he, lot. He's to... an extraordinary physical comedian. He really is. It's Absolutely. just amazing. Yeah. What's your favorite yeah. episode, Amanda? Of Forty Towers. <laughs> My favourite episode is the is the builders is when O'Reilly comes oh. in. Why are you yeah. smiling, Mr. O'Reilly? <laughs> Mr. O'Reilly, <laughs> goes, yeah. oh, don't smile, yeah. don't smile. It's, it's, it's yeah. brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. then it's but you know it's hard because I love the one I love Mrs. Richards. I love you know yes when, communication problems. Oh, yes, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, and then you go on a loop and go. Well, what about the you know the, the hotel inspector? And then it's you know it's, yes, you just yes a touch of class. The Germans, which the famously yeah. was the only one they didn't screen in in Germany. Yeah, um, wonder can't why. Imagine why. <laughs> bizarre isn't it yeah, yeah what's your so what's good, your favorite episodes what is yours germans is definitely up there communication problems though just for the sort of passag sort of sotto voce stuff he does when he's talking about the view in her yeah. room just genius i love my favorite right which is, which is the one where sybil they have to pretend that sybil is ill in her bedroom and, oh yeah because oh, she, yeah, she goes and off you, i think that anniversary one and Ken and Campbell, Ken Campbell, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I love the fact that yeah, Ken, Ken Campbell's character is taking the piss all the way through, and I think that that's I love that one. That one is I think that's the least dated one in a way because it's like an yeah. extended, weird, freaky farce where you're you're led to believe they're going to get away with like covering up Tony yeah. <laughs> and with like, you know in the dark. Yeah. It's so yeah. ridiculous and weird. It's I, so I love, ridiculous. absolutely love that yeah. one. Yeah, no, that that's is my really favorite. really brilliant. When she says she bit. Yeah. Basil. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That is so brilliant. And you say all oh, the actors, all those actors are so yeah. perfect in the, all those little roles. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, that's that's thing. See, once you start saying it, yeah. it's yeah. very, very difficult to get a favourite of Forty Towers. I think. But this is it. There's not a single bad episode. There's, there's there just those mm. twelve, isn't it? It's twelve yeah, total. 12, yeah. And 12 perfect each one pieces of writing. Perfect. And then out, and they never came back yeah. with it. It's just, no. and it, that's why it stands the test of time. It's yeah. just every episode is perfectly crafted. Yeah, yeah, oh, love it. Well, you've won this particular <laughs> section clearly. Yeah. That, so. yeah. Any other, any other runners up, Boydie? Who have you got? Well, I, I've got, I've narrowed it down. I want to mention in passing before I go for my big like two or three. I want to mention but like current people like Sarah Phelps is a legend. Yeah. I love yes. her scripts for the, 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 she's the, a brilliant um, the, playwright as well. She's Fab- absolutely yeah, brilliant, incredible. So all her Agatha Christie um, adaptations are legendary. But Dublin Murders was brilliant and the comics yeah. Yeah, she's, great. she's, yeah, doing next. she's amazing. She's amazing. Phoebe Waller-Bridge I think like I mean it's obviously but just the fact that she did that first series of Killing Eve you know mm. on top yeah. of Fleabag the two series of Fleabag like 
that everything is so perfect about all of that yeah. stuff that she wrote. I think she's incredible. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to mention Sally Wainwright. I love <sighs> like. Remember, at Home with the Braithwaite is one when I first started working Heat about 20 years ago, 21 years ago. It was one of the first shows I absolutely loved and championed. And I remember her like kind of getting in touch about it. And it was such a show about with this family winning the lottery and what and the kind of devastation, yeah. emotional devastation it caused. It was so ahead of its time, I think, that show. And she, but, like, non genre shows, non genre shows on ITV, like not, a, you know, not a thriller, not a crime show, not a medical mm. show, mm. was so rare. Kind of still are, they actually. Are. But it was amazing. And then she went on to do Scott and Bailey, Happy Valley. I mean, absolute all-time yeah. classic. Yeah. Last Tango in Halifax, Gentleman Jim. She is absolutely, she's never written anything not that's absolutely fascinating and special. No, no um, you're right. So I love her. She's, she's definitely um, one of my favourites. She's brilliant. Um, years ago, Dennis Potter. Um, I, I was brought up watching like Pennies from Heaven, The Singing Detective, really inappropriate when I was like literally 10, 11, my dad would let me watch these. Wildly inappropriate. The Singing Detective, I remember like, you know, it's really rude. There's like massive yeah. scenes of, you know, sex and masturbation, this, that and the other. But it's such a brilliant, brilliant show. That's I think that's yeah. one of the greatest BBC dramas of all time. Um, yeah. Stephen Moffat, I was going to mention, I mean, you know, everything he's done has been incredible. Yeah. I loved, obviously, every episode of Sherlock. I'm sticking by every yeah. single episode of Sherlock. Dracula, yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. I even mm. like Chalk, which was his really broad um, school set that. comedy. Chalk was hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. It was really hilarious. good. Yeah. And Coupling yeah. was great. It was Coupling was great. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. He's yeah. fabulous. Yeah. Absolutely fabulous. But my final one is, and, my, and undoubtedly my favourite of all, is Russell T. Davis. So, from yeah. again, from Queer as Folk over 20, 21 years ago, um, Cucumber, It's a Sin, then Years and Years, Bob and Rose, The Second Coming, every, again, oh, God, every, and he, I think he's a unique talent. I think every, like, you know, you could, I think you could guess without without knowing when he, if he, if a show, new show arrived and you didn't yeah. know it was him who wrote it and it had his thing, his like effervescence, his brilliant way with slightly heightened mm -hmm. dialogue and characters. I think you'd know he wrote it. He's got, yeah, he, he's got such a he's unique got such a beautiful voice. tone, hasn't he? It's a real brilliant lovely tone. tone. Yeah, love it. Yeah. And and that's not even yeah. that's for, not even mentioning what he did with Doctor Who, which is, you know, he will be forever yeah. a hero to yeah. anyone who's ever Absolutely. liked Doctor Who. Yeah. So he is my number one, I have to say, yeah. So great it's all choice. about Davis. Yeah. Great choice. Oh, Bethy. Well, if we're carrying on celebrating British talent, which I kinda love, uh Jesse Armstrong and Sam Bain, obviously. <gasps> yeah. Of course, of course. Absolute lads. Um <laughs> Absolute lads. Victoria Pyle. I'm watching a few episodes of Smack the Pony at the moment and yeah. that was just so forthright in in what it was doing. Uh who else? Edgar Wright when he was doing television writing was really, really, really funny. Um I've spoken on this podcast before about Look Around You, which was kind of a pre tense to space. Mm. Yeah. Really absurd and weird and funny. Uh and then if we're coming into the modern day, like Damon Lindelof, he's doing incredible things. The Leftovers. My dad's just started Watchmen. watching The Leftovers. Watchmen, mm. obviously, but yeah, dad's just started on Leftovers, which has kind of reignited my my love of it as well. Yeah. So he's definitely doing... Leftovers and Watchmen over Lost. I'm saying for Damon. Ooh, okay, all right. Yeah. I see. Not that Lost is not that his writing and Lost is bad, but I I have a love hate relationship with Lost as I think Boyd does. We all so. do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> everyone does. Yeah. God damn you for leading me up the garden path. <laughs> not to start with, Lost was absolutely phenomenal, wasn't it? I mean, it did change TV. I loved. Yeah. I got that first series, and then I and yeah. then it's you could see that they didn't know what the yeah. they were going to do. Exactly, like, right. exactly that. What yeah, are we right. doing? yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like they were going, "What did we do in the first series? Go back and look. Yeah. Put a yeah. polar bear in it. Just put a polar bear in it. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Don't matter. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Put a polar bear in the jungle. 
I still, yeah, I yeah. still don't really know what happened. People, people shout does. out purgatory. I'm like, I don't even, what? Why? Did it, what, I think yeah. it's meta. I think we were I in mean, purgatory, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I got so annoyed by the end of it. I was so, I oh, wasted same. so much same. time. Furious. <laughs> yeah, And you Absolutely gave me furious. nothing back. Yeah. You gave me yeah. nothing. It was, yeah. I was disappointed. Yeah. It was one of the most dis- disappointing shows mm, for me because yeah. it started so brilliantly. And yeah, peaked out fairly quickly. Yes, it did. <laughs> yeah. I six it. series. Over six series. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> six so times never getting back. Who is the idiot? Yeah. It's me for sticking yeah. with it. I should have cut He made amends. He made amends with Leftovers, a show where he yeah. promised no answers at all and yet delivered them anyway. So the complete <laughs> opposite of Lost. Yeah. So like, fair yeah. enough. Just sit somewhere in the middle, please. Just sit somewhere in the middle so we're all happy. Please. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's very good, though. Yeah. Oh, God. Who would, who, who I see? So British-wise, I think I'd have to give a shout-out to Richard Curtis and Ben Elton just for the latter Blackadder. So obviously the totally. first series was was Rowan and Richard doing that one, and I think yeah. we can all agree that didn't work didn't very work, well. No. But mm. once Ben Elton came on board, that show, again, one of my all-time favourite comedies. It's just it's, it, so well-written. so beautifully crafted. Just, and yeah, and everybody in it is just wonderful. And that run, and those, that, those running characters throughout the period yeah, is just 100%, joyful. 100%. Yeah. And that last episode of Blackadder Goes Forth <gasps> remains just one of the most heartrending moments in television i still can't mm. watch it without crying i, I watch it yeah. and mm. every time i just start crying like a baby ev- without fail and i must have watched when it, it fades to the poppies and the little bbc thing comes up and oh, like, oh. i'm getting shivers now i'm getting <laughs> literally shivers yeah. now thinking about it it's beautifully so good done. yeah love yeah. that love that but most of mine i think other than that would be across the pond i will always always salute to the legendary saint ronald d moore uh who wrote battlestar galactica and also some of my favorite star trek episodes watched a lot on deep space nine um, yeah. love his work actually we mentioned paul abbott i think paul abbott and jimmy mcgovern both mm. for their work on cracker 100 yeah. Yeah. yeah that show yeah. oh my god the writing on that show like the material that robbie had to work with on that yeah i is know on another level yeah and I always remember that I, my, my standout episode of that was Rob, Rob, yeah, Robert Carlyle when he was the... Yes, to be a somebody. Yeah. I mean, yeah. still, oh. still such an amazing performance. Like it, yeah, I, when Christopher Eccleston dies in the gutter. Yes, I know. <laughs> it's astonishing. It's such a beautiful, again, beautifully crafted episode. It's yeah. just, yeah. yeah. When it's, when, when it, I think when it, I think what's funny is everything we've mentioned, every, all those writers have done character-driven stuff. As yes, opposed to yeah, exactly. which is, yeah. I, and that's always something that I look for in scripts is if it's character if, if you're if you're interested in the characters and it's driven by them you can't really go wrong I don't think yeah. you, you mm. just can't no you know, I agree it's, it's, you, you're much more interested in watching people yeah when you were told that this Paul Abbott script was coming for for Wolf did, I mean you must have been like oh I mean did you even you I, know like sign me up now or you know yeah completely <laughs> I, and I I, I read yeah. for another I read for um actually I read for Chris Tramarco's part for Betsy originally oh. um, but it, it didn't just it didn't fit and then and my mm. agent said look look they want to see you for the part of Dot they think you're much more suited for that but re- you know reading who was in you know adrian shergold who i think is an astonishing director i think he's a brilliant director yes and then paul abba and then babu just those that sort of triptych mm. of three people who i really admire and love you think well this is going to be this is going to be really good to, to be involved in anyway you know it's just it, yeah. it feels it feels classy and it feels and then you know when i read it i was like this is so good it's so it's so dark and funny and you know poignant and 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 it rips a licks along you know it was yeah it was it just ticked all the boxes really it was amazing mm. 
And you got a fabulous pink rinse as well. So I've got a pink rinse. Yeah. Stunning. Yes. Yeah. So what yeah. can I do to make myself feel really regret it as soon as I do it? Oh, I know. I'll go pink. <laughs> it looked fantastic. It was one of those yeah, it totally things where I, on paper it was like, yeah, I have pink hair. And it's like, oh, no, it's got to be done every how often has it got to be done? Roots and pink for every couple of days. Oh, that's not going to be boring and tiring. No, okay, fine. <laughs> yeah, but it was worth it. It was so worth it. I just think, you know, it really, I think it really worked for the character. It was just fun. Yeah, yeah it's perfect. Fun, yeah. fun, fun yeah. to play. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. I was going to yeah. ask about Adrian Showgirl because he is he's a legend. He directed he directed the second coming, the the which the yeah. um, Russell T Davis show, mm. and first marriage and death. Jun- he did birth marriage and death. Do you remember Clapham Junction, that unbelievable yes. Channel Four thing about gay life? Wonderful, in, yeah. And cre- famously, you know, Paul Nick was getting his knob out in that show. I remember that. I know. Um, yeah, legendary moment. I think a lot of people um, did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but he is absolutely like that. No, why, no. Really, <laughs> why did you say yeah. it like that, Amanda? Stop it. No, I, I didn't mean, even yeah. see it. I don't, yeah. But, um, you can blame me. I'll yeah, the whole thing up. So. Yeah, thanks, boy. Cheers. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, Adrian, and Adrian's one of those amazing directors. He's so brilliant. And what he'll do is like we had a couple of like eight page scenes that were, you know, that, that felt that could have been quite clunky. And if they, if it would have been like an establisher and then two shots and then six singles, he just, he would just do a whole running shot like with his steady cam. Mm. And just pat right. and and yeah, do the a whole that, thing, yeah. and it just it gives it such a a, a beautiful movement actually, and mm. an excitement. But whereas you know he, he's he's not frightened of taking risks with shots, and he doesn't do many takes either because he doesn't want people you know doesn't want the people in the editing room to go well let's do. He says no, I'm going to give them two, and then they can just pick one. Right. You know he's right. very very particular about how he does it, but he's such an amazing director to work with and he's he's so innovative and and has this amazing eye he's Mm. he's fabulous yeah such a joy sorry i've diverted us i i've diverted us away from the script writers sorry that's fine we'll get back to it i have to ask a question i think the statute of limitations has expired on safe at this point hasn't it i think we can talk about the ending of safe can't we can i please ask when you signed on to that did they say hi amanda we'd like you to play this character and holland was like and by the way you're the killer just so you know because that was a proper like that final episode i was like what yeah yeah he did he said that was i think the first because it it was an offer it was a straight offer they harlan had been a big fan and so he said look i've sort of written this with her in mind and um he he kind of uh he did say to me that there is a huge twist and it's to do it's to do with you and i i can't remember i don't think i knew the signal like how big the twist was (laughs) um and i think i sort of it was got to the last read through and 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 i sort of realized the enormity of it it's like oh yeah okay so she's a bitch that's great (laughs) she's the asshole um but um yeah, it, it was one of those really like once I knew that that was that because he said to me, you know, you know, she comes into it, she starts, to, she builds her character builds, and then at the end, she just she sets it on fire. She's just like yeah. literally kind of yeah. It was that was the a joyful part, a joyful part to play because she, throughout the whole thing, you have to kind of play like you have to double bluff, you know, you kind of yeah. And it it was it was really it was really fun. <laughs> it was really fun. I can't you know I can't lie. It was great. I mean, speaking of great writers, Harlan Coben. I mean, he that man can tell a mystery like you yeah. really can. And yeah. also, you know, Danny Brocklehurst is another one that is just mm. so brilliant. You know, they're both. You know, he's he's another really good writer. I think Danny and and. I think we have such a pedigree of really good writers in this country. We're very, very fortunate that we have this, 
you know, this group of, of, of wonderful writers that write character-based stuff. Yeah. Like, it's fabulous. It really is. See, and I then completely derail that by saying that my number one pick is, of course, an American, uh, unfortunately. But we do, yeah, it w- it's, it's okay. We can, we're like this now, that's an American. Yeah. It's, it's true, fine. it's true. We all know who it's going to be. We all know it's going to be. Yeah, it's not a competition, James. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, my pick, my favourite TV writer, in fact, my favourite writer of anything is Mr. Aaron Sorkin uh, for The West Wing. Uh, yeah. And it's funny because like, he's a character-led writer but with him it's 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 character but it's dialogue everything with him is dialogue because he has that ear for meter and poetry mm-hmm. where everything with him has a rhythm and he has that famous thing where actors aren't allowed to change a single syllable of anything he writes yeah or someone comes up and taps them on the shoulder and that we're gonna go again um but yeah. I, I love his work so much like and and i remember i did a big oral history for the west wing which i like to talk about whenever i have the opportunity <laughs> but um thousand words it's very interesting oh, sure, sure, uh, sure. I, I spoke to everyone about it and they were all saying it was like each week when they got the script invariably very late so they didn't have time to rehearse but when they got the script they said it was like being presented by this 45 minute Broadway play like every week just this perfectly crafted that you'd kill to do and he said we were getting these every single week and I remember Bradley Whitford saying like getting scripts he said oftentimes it feels like you're sort of like paddling against the tide and that you get one from Sorkin said it's like you're surfing it's just this thing just carries you along and every week it was just this gift that would arrive in their hands and that's That's how I feel when I watch it it's it's just no that is a beautiful again you know beautifully crafted show beautifully Mm. crafted um, and he's a fabulous writer. I think you're right. Well, yeah, you're allowed to have that. That's fine. Thank you. Thank you. That's Thank okay. you. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well, that I think has answered the question as to who our favourite TV writers are. If you have a question for the Pilot TV podcast, please do send it to us via DM on Twitter at Pilot TV Pod. Shall we talk about what's been happening in the world of TV news? Go on. Hit me with something, Beth. What have you got? Well, I think this ties in quite nicely to um, a few things we've spoken to, spoken about, a few things we've spoken about. Uh, Comedy Central has supposedly removed an episode of the US office from its rotation. Um, For Faulty Towers type reasons. For Faulty Towers type reasons, it is believed. So the episode is called Diversity Day and it's the Uh. second ever. (laughs) The laugh says it all, doesn't it, really? (laughs) The man is like, yeah, okay, fair enough. I see that. (laughs) Um, But yeah, they've they've taken it off their rotation. So they did a big marathon recently and uh, diehard fans of the show realised it had been removed. They've not really commented on it yet. uh, But it's caused a lot of fans have really kicked off because they've said, you know, the whole point of the US office is Michael Scott is the butt of the joke. So he's completely Mm. ignorant and, and doesn't mean any offense at all. And is just trying to get in true David Brent style, trying to summon some laughs desperately for his own validation um, by thinking he's being really funny and impersonating Chris Rock, Uh, you know, each to their very much each to their own, but yeah, they've removed it. And um yeah, fans have got quite upset about it. Wow. Um, and they wonder, you know, given the nature of that show, is that going to be the only episode that they pull? Yeah. So, yeah, big question. So that is an interesting question, isn't it? Because like, it's like if you start to remove them, where do you stop? Because I don't think you can, like Fawlty Towers, for example, which we've already spoken about, you mm. cannot judge that show by modern standards. Like it's from no. the mid-70s. It's a completely yeah. different mindset and a different era. And it's genius in its own right. And I'm kind of very much of the opinion that, that by all means put whatever, front load whatever warnings you want to put on it like Absolutely, do it yeah because yeah. Well, also also you know there's you don't it's it's okay to be offended you know what i mean it's yeah. right to be offended <laughs> you don't it doesn't you know nobody's gonna die from that you're not gonna die of being offended is you just go oh that's annoying 
I don't like that. And then move on, you know, but I think there is a place. Personally, I think there is a place for stuff like that. There has to be mm. because otherwise you are just erasing history, essentially. Yeah, quite completely. You know? and, 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 you're, and you're losing brilliant stuff like 40 Towers. If that's, mm. if, if, if that's what the measure is, you know, what, what, what else do we lose in the meantime? Because, you know, the office, the, the English office, you know, that might not be great now. But mm, do, yeah. we, do we just get rid of it? No, of course we don't. We just, you know, we, we accept it for what it was and what it is at the, what it was at the time, like you were saying about, you know, Baltic Towers. And then you can choose to watch it or you don't have to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Teresa yeah. said, hasn't he? He's like, I, I don't even know if it'll get made today, honestly, 20 but years I, after I, it was yeah. first made. Stuff I want. I mean, people say that about Friends. People say that Friends is really, really... And there are stuff in it that you go, oh, yeah. God, no, that's a bit bad. But but you can't take it out of society because it was... No. It was funny 20 years ago. And yeah. I just think, we, like, just, as I say, don't watch it. Just turn off. That's the beauty of, <laughs> yeah. that's the beauty of choice, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it yeah. is 100% true because it does have that very 90s sort of casual homophobia, like, all yeah. the way through it. It's quite yeah. sexist as well. Yeah. But completely. it's still a fantastic sitcom. Mm. It's really funny. Yeah. But, you know, you don't yeah. have to watch it. That's the yeah. beauty. Turn yeah. it off. Exactly. You have I, the beauty of choice. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sky have started putting uh, sort of warnings on certain films. We went through a period of this where they were turning up and you'd be thinking, I know this film and I can't think. Like one turned up on Aliens, James Cameron's Aliens, which is my favourite film of all time. And it started with this sensitivity warning at the beginning. I was like, I don't know what this is. Like, I no. couldn't work it out. And I was mm. thinking about it. And then suddenly it came out and I was like, oh, right. It's because Jeanette Goldstein, who is a... Jewish actress is playing a Hispanic actress and essentially is in brown face oh, for the duration oh of the film. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. Yes. Yes. Wow. Like, fair enough. Yeah, wow. yeah fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting, yeah. though, because as a Jew, as a Jewish man, um, David Badil goes on about this a lot, quite rightly, that the one group of people that are played by all kinds of you know, non-Jewish people are Jews. There's mm. always yeah. non-Jewish people play. You know, Al Pacino has played a couple of Jewish men recently. Yeah, you know? with in the West Wing. Like, yeah, yeah, right. And people have people. Some people are kind of. But again, it doesn't. I, I could not be less bothered. I have to say, you know, any you know, bring them on. Um, well, I think anyone can I play think, Jews. It's yeah, fine. I I suppose you know sometimes <laughs> there's people have a lot of time on their hands, don't they? I guess. Yeah, <laughs> to be upset. Do, do, do you know internet. what I mean? I just, mm. Yeah, to be upset on the internet. I mean, yeah. you know, twenty years ago we yeah. didn't have that. You could just go and speak yeah. to your mates down the pub and go, "I'm so angry about this." But now there's this platform where everybody thinks that their voice is equally as important as everybody else's, and actually, it's just, it's just yeah. you're shouting into a into a cavern, really, aren't you? It's just like, you know, does it does it really matter? Exactly, yeah. I mean, I know yeah. it does. Yeah. I know it does, and I know it's important to some people, and I know in it's the scheme very, of you know, things, we, yeah. we have, but in the grand scheme of things, yeah. with everything, exactly. with everything that's going on at <laughs> yeah. the moment in the world. Yeah. And the trauma and everything. We go, really? Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. The diversity day, the, the diversity <laughs> yeah. day episode is going to be what? Just. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Guys, we're literally on fire. Could we make <laughs> yeah. some perspective? Yeah. We're all we're all fucked. But okay, let's yeah. let's pull that episode out for Christ's sake. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've got another controversial <laughs> story God, I was going to mention. Yeah, it's just to, I mean, just I mean, I didn't pick it out just to be controversial, but I think it's so interesting. You, have you heard about this thing about Sarah Paulson playing Linda Tripp no. in the in yeah? So the next American Crime Story series is Impeachment, yeah. which is just it's just started um, in America. It's just started being aired. In in America and uh, Beanie Feldstein plays Monica Lewinsky um, and Sarah Paulson who's in every it's, it's a Ryan Murphy production she's oh, she's been she has to be in every Ryan Murphy show by law obviously so she's in this yeah. one and she plays in the trip and she wears a fat suit in quotes and she has um, apologized kind of apologized for 
taking the role and doing it in a fat suit because Linda Tripp was a larger woman than she is. And there's this whole, it's become a controversy and a lot of people are saying she shouldn't, no one should ever use fat suits anymore and, you know, only all of that. And I'm, again, I, I'm a bit like, she said, I'm going to quote what she said. She said, it's very hard for me to talk about this without feeling like I'm making excuses. There's a lot of controversy around actors and fat suits. I think that controversy is a legitimate one. I think fat phobia is real. But then she says, but what do people expect me to do not take the role kind of thing? And I'm like, it's, I think no, just, just that can't I think it's a really hard much. one, isn't it? Hmm. That's, I think it's a hard one because that's, you know, if you're, if you're offered a role like that as an actress, you're being offered it. Do you know what I mean? It's not yeah. like you're going, you're going after it and saying, can I do this? It's like somebody said mm. to you, do you want to do this? You're not going to go, do you know what? I don't. It's hard because you want to be, you want to play characters and you want to work. You want to work. And I know it's Sarah Paulson and she could probably do anything, you know, get anything made. But at the same time, I think if something is interesting that comes to you, it's very difficult for an actor to say no to that. And I, I you know, I, I understand, I understand, you know, the, the, the upset, uh, but at the same time, it's like, well, got to earn your money. No. I don't know. It's, it, mm. I, you know. It's not used for comedy either. I think right. if we're no. thinking back to Friends, if we're thinking of Monica yeah. and Friends and, yeah. and a character literally called Fat Monica and referred yeah. to as Fat Monica and she does the dance and she eats the double Kit yeah. Kats, that's probably a little bit worse yeah. Yeah. than what yeah. Sarah Paulson's doing Definitely. where she's factually, you know, embodying someone else for, you know. But, but I suppose well, the, the alternative would be that she puts on weight herself. Yeah. So yeah. she put, so, so. Yeah. yeah. Goes full Christian Bale. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. I mean, I interesting, Clive, Look, Owens, Clive Owen plays Bill Clinton, and I'm assuming he must have some kind of suit as well, or, or you know, put on somewhere, yeah. who knows, but he's playing a guy much larger. You know, that, that, that's yeah. also kind of extraordinary casting. Well, I well. wonder if that, if that comes out, there'll be the same sort of controversy about it, if, you know. Well, of course. Yeah, I'm sure they know, won't. There's, because... always, there's always slight double standards between oh. men and women in literally mm. everything on the <laughs> yes. planet. Yeah. So, yes. Um, yes. Yeah, we'll see. Exactly. We'll, well see. there definitely won't be as much. You're right. There definitely won't be as much uh, controversy. <laughs> they, yeah. they won't even nod no. to it. Do you know no, what I mean? No, they have not but mentioned did, it. Yeah. What did he did? Because um, when he played Dick, uh, Christian Plough played Dick Cheney, did he, did he put on weight for that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. He did. I was just wondering yeah. if he had a little bit of... But there if he was, had a little bit of help. Like, look at him in that, and then look at him in The Machinist, where I he's know. emaciated. He but really goes I just wonder, you know, if, if they'd said to Sarah Paulson, you know, put on weight, that's that's more da- that's, that's dangerous. You right, know, yeah. It's dangerous to yeah. do yeah. that, you know. So you, yeah, yeah, what yeah. do you do? Do you just, like, do you compromise somebody's health, or do you just say, do it safely and say, well, look, this is a character, it's a serious character, we're just going to give you a little bit of help. It's it, Again, It's I think it's... When you start mm. walking on eggshells like that, it, it's very dangerous ground. It's very dangerous. It, it, where, yeah. do you, where does it, like you said, where does it end? Where do you stop that? Where do you stop yeah. the kind of the being offended? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's a, just a really fine and line. And also, it's called acting. Like, it's about yeah. pretending to be something exactly. you're not. And Again, if you get to the point... not a documentary. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. If it gets to the point where you can only play the exact type of person you are, it's not really acting anymore, is it? God, it's... I'd be a mum of two that lives in Hertfordshire. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's all with a tarantula. Play. Yeah, with a tarantula and <laughs> Which three is quite dogs. Niche. <laughs> it's like, not much scope for that, you know? No. So... No. <laughs> Well, that's things taking off the TV. There's something has coming to the TV. I don't know if any of you or all of you watched the Wheel of Time trailer, which dropped this week. <laughs> oh, no. Amanda, I can tell no. you're the kind of person Mr. who's read all 14 volumes of Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time fantasy wow. series. So I don't know what no. that is. I'm really sorry. I mean, no, one, no, no one does. No one, no one does. Apart from James. It's a very, very, uh, it's, it's, it's like a kind of massive fantasy series of books. Now, Amazon adapting okay. it into a sort of lavish fantasy TV series. Okay, right. Um, and the first trailer dropped uh, this week. And 
I was pretty psyched about it. So for the next 45 minutes, we're going to talk intensively about this trailer. Uh, no, we're not. Uh, I, won't, I, won't, I won't do that <laughs> to you. I won't do that usually to you. Usually it's not like a joke. What? It, I think it speaks volumes that none of you realised I was joking, probably knowing yeah. me as well. They're like, oh my God, he's actually no, going to do this. Like, no, I'm not. Yeah, because we've, you've done it before. you said that. <laughs> no, you've done it so I'm not. many times. Yeah. I'm not going to yeah. do it. I'm yeah. not going to do it. I, I, all I will say, I'll keep it quite brief and say, look, as someone who is a big fan of the books, I was very excited about this. However, and there's a big however, Ooh. it Ooh. felt like... And I know I've been spoiled by the trailers for Foundation and things like that, where I'm so used to seeing things where all the money in the world is up on screen. And like, and you think about how much they're spending, like, like a million dollars an episode or something insane like that on the Lord of the Rings series that Amazon are making. And yeah. I wonder whether they had any money left over for this because it doesn't look cheap at all. It doesn't, doesn't look right. cheap, but it doesn't look like preposterously expensive which is kind of what i was hoping for the same way that game of thrones did and yeah. that like foundation on apple really does from the trailers look yeah. you know it's it's a lot and so i wonder with a story this big and this epic whether you know we're gonna feel a little bit of the budgetary squeeze on him i don't know maybe i'm being judgmental it's a it's an oh, exciting stars, trailer it? but it's, uh, rosamund pike is leading it as uh moiraine okay. damadred uh, right. an Aes Sedai of the blue arja in case you were wondering uh, <laughs> yeah i but, was gonna uh, pick you up on that but now yeah, you yeah, explained yeah. it it's fine <laughs> that's yeah. good um fine. yeah it's there's, there's lots of stuff going on in this it's a very big fancy type thing although someone did ruin this for me it's 100 ruined this. so these books are like decades old at this point and someone said um isn't you know not being funny, but this is a, this is essentially a fantasy story about a group of men's rights activists, and I was like, what? <laughs> oh. Because in this wow. world, in this world, only women can use magic. So there's two, there's gendered magic. You get Sidar, uh -huh. which is women's magic, and Sidene, which is men's magic. But Sidene is tainted by the dark one because obviously for reasons. Yeah. And so when men use it, they go mad. So men can't use it, but. You get this group of men who get fucked off that the women get all the power. And so they're being trained to use the men's magic. And I've got to be honest, they are a bit hashtag not all men. There's a big oh. thread of that in this story. So oh, I'm God. interested to see how they're wow. going to navigate that. That'd that should be interesting. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Be, yeah, I'll be watching that then. There you go. Wheel <laughs> of Time on Amazon. Start this year. Yeah. 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 You can, yeah. you can watch it when you finish Motherland Fort Salem. It'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Which I'm going to do right now. Right now. Exactly. Absolutely going to do right this second. Jay. <laughs> Stop it. James is in hog heaven at the moment because he's got like that. He's got why the last man as well, which is also a very gendered. That's all about all the men on earth dying, isn't it? That one. Yeah. That, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's very it's or the, why, the, should I say? Yeah, right. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, did anyone watch the trailer for the Sinner series yes. four? Yes. That I'm excited That's about. That's exciting. I love the Sinner. Have you watched the Sinner, Amanda? I haven't uh, seen the Sinner, no. So good. So is good. it good? Yeah. It's, it's from the Jessica Biel batshit collection that she's putting oh. together. Um, it's, it's amazing series. <laughs> All right. I'll watch that. I need something to watch, apart from after the one you after, after, Yeah, obviously, after those. <laughs> about well, got, the um, witch army, yeah. the witch soldiers. <laughs> yes. Well, you've got three brilliant series to enjoy. Are they all on yeah. Netflix, yeah. James? I think they're on Netflix. Uh, that's a good question. They were. I don't I think, think they, they are. are. I'm I think sure they are. are. I'm I'll sure. check it out. But Bill Pullman. Um, yeah, but it's Bill Pullman. Oh, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I think I've seen it on there. Yeah, you'll have seen it, yeah. But they are fantastic um, Series one in particular is outstanding. Yeah, I'll watch it. Yeah, I just didn't yeah. know the fourth one was coming so soon, so I was just incredibly no, excited no, 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 about no. that. Yeah. It's coming. It's in October, I think it is. It's like in it's America, really, it's not and far off at Netflix all. Netflix, yeah. it goes out weekly in America, which means Netflix waits until the whole thing plays out, like eight weeks, and so yeah. you have to wait a long time. Infuriatingly, wow. <laughs> like for people like me, yeah. who is the most impatient person in the world, we've already established. Yeah, um, yeah. I can't yeah. stand yeah. it. No. Any other news? Well, Boyd, I'm surprised you haven't brought this up, but we got Seinfeld coming. Oh, the yeah. Netflix. Yeah, good point. Fair enough. Yeah, yep. very good point. It's all, all of coming. Seinfeld. Yeah, October first. All of Seinfeld 1st. for the, for the, the first time yeah. ever. Bam. Yeah. Bam. Yeah. On Netflix. Yeah. 
both in America oh. and here. Yeah, incredibly excited. Yeah, you're right. I, I will watch yeah. North Dear again. Yeah, Seinfeld is my friend. Yeah. Seinfeld is. I've watched that more than any other show. Those um, four are fabulous, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. She's, oh, she's, 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 she's Julie Dreyfus. Yeah, she is oh, my mm, absolute the god, the goddess. Veeps, yeah. Veeps, one of my yeah. favourite ever things Same. ever. Same. Just, yeah, she's done not one but two of the greatest comedy American comedy TV shows of all time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, How about that? I yeah. mean, she's just on a. She's fabulous, isn't she? Yeah. Apparently, yeah. she's delightful. She's, she's delightful. Yeah, I've met her. Yeah. yeah, absolute delight. Yeah. Love you. Oh, yeah. yeah. Of course, yeah, you have boys. Right. <laughs> you know, did get a picture with her. Yeah. Me and just saying. Yeah. Me and Julian. <laughs> yeah. Same. <laughs> Unbelievable. Sorry. Unbelievable. Yeah. Sorry. God, you just dropped a name there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, you know yeah. 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 I will. <laughs> just pick it up. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Avoid his names. Okay, that's interesting. I didn't know that was coming to, to, to Netflix. That's good news. I did hear Netflix have renewed Cobra Kai for a fifth season ahead of the season four premiere, which is very good. Cobra Kai, I, mean, I don't know if you see it, it's the Karate Kid uh, spin-off series. Yeah. Comedy is genius. It is okay. genius. It's really funny. Yeah, I think my son watches that. Yeah, it's I think very Joe good. watches that, yeah. yeah. He likes it's, all that stuff, so yeah. It's a giggle. So yeah, that's okay. going to be that's coming back for a fifth season. Nice. So, uh, I've, so just done something, I've just done something for Netflix called Lockwood & Co, which is fabulous. Oh, really? It's really yeah. Yeah, What's it's that? Tell us about a, that one. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an adaptation of a young adult's book. There's about five or six of them, and it's Joe Cornish. Oh, mm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's directing it. And uh, yeah, I've just done I've just done my little bits on that. And that's it's really good. I mean, that's that's properly sight like ghosts and death. And it's really good. Yeah. Oh, he's, it looks he's, amazing. He's fantastic. Isn't he? I'm joking. Yeah, I yeah, love yeah, Joe Cornish. Yeah. So, so he's, he's director. He's directing it. He's wow. directed the first uh the first four or five episodes yeah, so that's good that's that yeah that's that'll be out next year on on um netflix and i think they want to kind of just keep going with that right oh exciting is that what you were filming in vienna no i'm oh, filming okay. a thing called the net in vienna which is a which is a there's three series they're all filming at the same time in different countries so i'm in the first series which is filming in vienna and liverpool the second one is filming in i think france and italy and the third one is Spain and South America, and they're all doing it at the moment. And some of the characters interweave into all the three series, but it's about doping in the Premier in Premier League football oh, and international fantastic. football. Mm. Yeah, and it's about um, how it happened years ago, and now it's coming back. This is started up again, and I I investigate what's going on. It's really good. It's really Ooh. yeah, it's interesting. Oh, that's so fascinating. That's been, so I've got. A, I'm on that till October, which is nice, and then it'll be right. out just prior to the World Cup next year. Oh, oh gosh! Right. Oh, that's Did really you have lots of things kind of like queued up, like when we got out of lockdown, where everything's kind of on top of each other? Because I remember you saying way, way, way back when there was a period when when you were shooting Cuffs and Mr. Selfridge simultaneously, yeah, like on the yeah. same day, which must have just been insanity. Yeah, so I did Cuffs and Mr. Selfridge, and then a year later, I did I did Sherlock and Mr. Selfridge. Wow, which was uh, yeah, which was crazy. But this no, I did I crossed over with the net and Lockwood and co but um but luckily it's not been it's it's been i've been a bit interspersed with lots of nice little breaks as well which has been lovely <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, I, th I think no. shooting one show in the morning and another one in the evening is probably not something that's sustainable. I literally so. do a night shoot, get in a car, and then they drive me down to Brighton to shoot cuffs. It was that's, it was that wow. sort of thing. Yeah, that's it was it was no, it was crazy. It was like guerrilla filming. That is a lot. Not not guerrilla, not guerrilla. Not actual no, guerrillas. No, no, no. no, no. no. I'm mean, like like the army, like your yeah, witches. Probably. Much like much like Fort Salem. But yes, less, yes. Less magical, just more less, stressful. Less magic shouting, more just <laughs> yeah. people shouting. Uh, yeah, yeah, that sounds entirely. Fair. Usually me going why. Am I doing this? <laughs> 
Yeah. And you did. You were doing quite a bit of theatre work, weren't you? Sort of pre-pandemic. Yeah. Didn't you do that? You did the Florian Zeller uh, play, didn't you? Sun. Yeah, that's right. We did oh, the Sun in the great. West End, and then um, and then I was supposed to do one just as the pandemic hit, and then we were supposed to, to pick it up this year. It's it's a it's a it's a play written by Stephen Moffat. Uh, Mark wow. Gatiss is directing Amazing. me, Ooh. and it's me, Reese Shearsmith, and Frankie Barber. Oh, exciting! What a dream! What and a dream! It's, team. And it's, <laughs> it's called it's called the Unfriend, and it's about a serial killer who comes to stay, oh. and it's very, very, very funny and dark. Oh. And uh, so we were going to do it this year, but it just didn't it didn't happen. So it's going to go next year. So we'll all be getting back together next year and properly doing it. So oh, I'm that, going that, to and that. It, and it's what? one of the it's it's, it's Stephen's first play. And when he wow. sent it to me and I laughed, I barely <laughs> laughed out loud. It is so funny. And of course with Mark directing it and then me and Reese playing husband and wife and then Frankie Barber comes in as the serial killer. It's it's a it's a pretty special thing. It's very that funny. Sounds I remember and I remember I when think, that was announced. I was like, this is like an incredible all these talents together yeah, coming together to yeah. do this thing. Wow, that is it exciting. Was so it? yeah, so it's a shame, it's a shame that, you know. Yeah. For many reasons why the pandemic hit. But you know, it was <laughs> yeah. um So you reuniting with the moth though, that's exciting. Yeah. I, one one yeah. question about Sherlock. What's your single favourite greatest memory of the Sherlock era? But of, ev- of everything. Yeah, of doing that show. Just, of doing not, that cultural not, phenomenon of a show. Um, well, m- for my, my, me personally, was, was me shooting Sherlock and then me getting shot. Mm. Those were my two favourite days. And then my favourite my favorite episode is The Abominable Bride. I love that uh, episode. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think it's so funny. I think it's so funny. And it's just when you go, when they go back to the Victorian times, they're both so brilliant in it, Martin and Ben, being those traditional characters. And the bit at the Reichenbach Falls with, uh, with Sherlock, Moriarty mm. and John, I love that scene. I think it's beautifully done. And it was done in a in a big old hangar and then CGI, but they did have the actual waterfall and water coming down. And that scene I just think is, is fantastic, but loads of brilliant memories from that series. It was, it was such a great thing to be part of. And actually funnily enough, I I, I rewatched it with Joe again recently and it's still really, it's still really, you know, it's it's still very funny. And yeah, yeah, I think it really does. Yeah. I I rewatch it pretty much once every six months. So yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's oh. so it's so entertaining, it's so well done. Yeah, it is. It's beautiful, and those two. I mean, you know, the th- the three of them. Well, I think everybody. You know, this. It, you know, everybody in it is just so yeah. well cast. You know, yeah. It's yeah. A, exactly. Yeah, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Amanda, I was actually going to ask you, sort of theatre-wise, like when you when you go back to the stage, is that is it a nice rest? Is it actually unduly stressful? Because on the one hand, you're telling the same story, you know, every night, so there must be something quite comforting about it. But I guess also, yeah. it's it's never quite the same, is it? Like it changes up every time you do it. No, I think. Well, I mean, the, being able to do both is just a joy, and I'm very lucky that I get to do television and film and that. And so. What's been upset? I've missed theatre. I, I, my, my little theatre bone is itching now, and I want to go back and do a play. But, but the, the, the beauty of doing a theatre job is that you can change it up every night. If you, if you make a mistake one night, you can come back and do it again the next yeah. night and change it. And also, your, your, the performance is never the same because the audience are never the same. So you're always gonna, you're always gonna adjust it slightly to how the audience reacts. 
So it's always a lovely kind of, you know, a symbiotic kind of flowing thing that you never really, and also you never know if you're going to remember your lines because <laughs> um, they can literally fall out of your head. Yeah. As, as, as many actors will tell you, you can be fine just on a roll. This is a really good night. And then go, I don't know what I'm saying now. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's the most terrifying thing. It's happened. It's, and thankfully it's only happened to me two or three times. When it does, you just go, ah, uh, everything sweats. And, and and it feels like the longest moment on the on the stage, and then it, it'll come to you. And oh, okay, but what if it doesn't? Like that's the question. What if it doesn't? <laughs> it, one, one time it didn't come to me, and and I was standing. It was the opening night. It was not the opening night, but it was the opening scene of the sun, and it's just me and John Light facing each other, and we're talking about Nicholas. And I got I, and I knew it was coming. I think I'm, I'm it's coming up now. I have no idea what I'm going to say. I've oh, literally God. and nothing's coming. There's no alternative I mean, line that I can think of. Florian Zeller wouldn't so, mind if then, he just made it up, would he? I mean, he'd be fine with that. If I could have remembered what I was going, but mm. everything fell out of my head. And I'm like, John oh, Knight's God. looking at me going, I, I can't help you. I can't help you. Oh, God. I can't. And then it's oh, silence. God. And you could feel the audience Oof. just shifting in their seat. And then, bless her, my friend Sally Amaka, Amaka Akafor, who, who, who was in the show as well, she just pulls the thing back and goes, is everything okay? As the character on it. And then we, we're back in. Right. But Because um, yeah. oh. that was her line. But we missed like two pages because I literally <laughs> could not remember my name. <laughs> it was one of the one, and, and just like everything, you just think I'm, I don't, I want to give up acting and go and live in a monastery. That's what I want to do now. <laughs> I, I don't want to do anything remotely to do with the creative world. Oh, it was God. hard, and that's, but that's the only time it's been that bad. And that, because you usually you kind of you you, you can sense you're out to it, and you. You can fudge your way, but that was that. I don't know what happened. It's like my brain suddenly just went. Pew, yeah, I get that sometimes. No yeah, you can have a we brain freeze. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. yeah. percent. Yeah. Rarely when you're doing and live. Yeah, yeah. And then of course the next night sailed through. Yeah. It was a brilliant show. It's yeah. it's so it can be so arbitrary what it is that 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 that, that throws you. Mm. It's it's a bizarre yeah. feeling, but it's such a beautiful medium to work in. Theatre is just I love it, and and I can't wait to get back to do it. It's so much fun. So much fun. Oh, I, I still remember the blind panic of going out on stage for my school play. Like, I, still, <laughs> I still have flashbacks to the sheer, utter, just white-hot terror I had going out. It was a musical production called Hey, Hey, Elijah. There you go. Amazing. Lovely. Is it, do yeah. you have that on video at all? That yeah, we someone does. Oh, no, I don't yeah, actually, okay. but I did. someone Please. did at one point, I think, mention it on Facebook, said, oh, we're going to put... I said, don't you fucking dare put if that we on can, Facebook. If we could dig that out. Yeah, that would be. I really want to dig that out. I had to rap I had to I rap really about the prophet Elijah I mean honestly wow. nobody ever well, needs to I see mean, this again you know again we go back to Alan Partridge yes <laughs> yeah. I mean we always do we always go back to Alan Partridge weirdly it's true yeah. it's true yeah. we yeah. share some DNA I think somewhere yeah. along the line that's fabulous I, I worry about having a brain freeze if I'm hosting a Q&A that's the thing that always if I ever think about yes. it, just yeah. not being able to say anything in front God, of people yeah that is terrifying it's horrible God. isn't it it's yeah. horrible because there's no rhyme or reason for it you just yeah. go oh, I yeah. have no idea what was yeah. next yeah. now that's it so wow. Yeah. And nobody can help me. Great. Yeah. No. I'm just out here. I'm out here with literally everything in the wind. Yeah. No one can help me. Yeah. 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 Well, we're, we're going to move on to reviews soon. So we're going to have to let you go. But thank you so much for joining us with the dogs and, you know, sadly not the tarantula, but maybe next time. Yeah, next time. I'll bring it. I'll bring it down next time. But thank you for having me. I've had such a fantastic time. Thank you thank so you. much. It's lovely to see you all. Amazing thank to see you. Thank you. You have been thank amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. That was the fabulous Amanda Abington. And now for this week's reviews. And we begin this week with 
the 19th century whaling drama that is The North Water, based on Ian Maguire's novel of the same name. And this one sees Colin Farrell, Stephen Graham and Jack O'Connell struggling for survival in the harsh Arctic wasteland. Boydie, did you or did you not and I'm sure you can see this coming a mile off. Have a whale of a time with this Whoa, one. Oh, you went there. You did it. Daddy. Yay. Yay. Um, okay. So I went to the screening of this a few weeks ago at the BFI in London, on London South Bank. Um, it was the, I think it was the first like in-person Q&A. There was a Q&A afterwards yeah. with uh, Colin Farrell remotely, um, Jack O'Connell, um, Tom Courtney there in the BFI, who's also in it, by the way, on top of Stephen Graham. This fucking cast, I mean, mm. unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and Andrew Haig, the uh, writer-director of this series. So Andrew Haig, yeah. who I, is a huge talent. I love his films, Weekend, mm. 45. And he directed, of course, half of a season pretty much of The OA, the greatest single TV series of all time, as we all know. <laughs> so I am there. I'm ex- incredibly excited about the whole prospect of this show because I think I also, I'm kind of, a, I'm quite I'm quite a big fan of Moby Dick, the ultimate whaling novel, which is this massive, huge, if you, I did American literature at university and we had to, you have to read Moby Dick and I did a kind of bit of a dissertation on it. So I'm fascinated with the whole literature about whaling and all this kind of stuff. So I'm absolutely 100% on board in theory for this show. And I have to say, watching, they've screened two episodes and I watched the third recently. Um, it actually surpassed my expectations. I think this is a phenomenally great show. Um, it is, it's about toxic masculinity, but you know, almost everything's about toxic masculinity these days. <laughs> by the way, yeah. every, you know, yeah. but this is like, Taking it to this is the eleven out of ten of toxic masculinity. This is Colin Farrell's character Henry Drax, who you're introduced to in the first scene. Just kind of the way he walks is this huge, big, hulking, hairy monster of a man, an animalistic, feral figure. Now, yeah. I haven't read the book, by the way, but you are you know who this guy is in that in this opening scene where you're just following him around, being fucking horrible to everyone he comes into contact with, like in a bar in a pub um and then when he goes on board the ship and it's about whaling expedition i should say to the arctic it was actually filmed i think the furthest north they claim of any tv series ever right in the arctic circle so there's genuine like ice and scary freezing temperatures and all of that and his character henry Drax, kind of butts up against jack o'connell's character i think it's really interesting bit of casting because i think jack o'connell we used to, i mean in skins he was quite he was semi-feral in skins a little bit um, <laughs> uh, but in this he's playing a very he's playing the kind of gentleman the the civilized um he's got kind of issues in his past mm. he's got kind of secrets that he doesn't want to come out there's a reason why he's becomes the doctor on this whaling ship having to the medic looking after essentially the crew but he has issues but he but compared to um colin farrell's character it's it's kind of about what happens when in quote civilization meets animalistic you know amorality and i think but so that i find i found fascinating and but these performances i mean colin farrell i think this is his best thing he's ever done i I absolutely saying that i think he's embodies this grotesque man this horrendous evil man i think he's terrifying and then you know, you see him. Um, you see him. Beth sent us both a, both a message about you know I'm watching I'm watching some seals being clubbed to death right now, which <gasps> happens in is at the end of the first episode. Having watched three, I'm now confused. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think that happens. Then that he goes to the whale. I mean, I, I don't want to give anything away. That he is a guy who loves nothing. But he is the harpooner, the expert harpooner of the world, and that's why he's on the ship. And he loves nothing better than harpooning things um, and being violent and horrible and nasty to animals. If you, it, obviously, no animals were hurt in the filming. Com, you know, completely, but. 
it's so realistic. The the portrayal of this whole world of what life must have been bought, like on board this ship, of these characters, of what they do, what they go through in their destroying and killing of these animals, of the slicing up of the whale. It's all unbelievably authentic and almost like and quite and as a result, often quite difficult. It's quite I would I'd say this is not for the squeamish in many ways. And then mm. there's a whole subplot about one of the young shipmates being raped. And I found that that ends up being incredibly moving and powerful mm. and shocking and disturbing on top of everything i honestly i thought this was a, a, you know i've seen people on the on um twitter talking about the show like i think seeing the trailer obviously this is a, a show where there's not much room for women i mean it's like this is the opposite of the bechdel test isn't it it's like there's about there's like maybe like there's one or two the whale might have been a girl the whale really, might be a woman, but this is it. men yeah this is like but I think that, but you know, obviously that is the realistic situation. Women would not have been allowed on board this ship, no. first of all, in you know, nineteenth century, going to the Arctic and killing whales. They just weren't. So the the women in it, inevitably, that you glimpse briefly, are not particularly given prominence. Although I think more come into it later on in the series, as in the five part series. But I, but apart from that, I just thought it was beautifully made. I think for Andrew Haig, this is. I think you know, he's shown he can direct intimate, you know, relationship character based films and and TV with the OA but I think this is a massive step up for him the action mm. sequences the whaling sequence is astonishing and just and he and, and at the Q&A he talked about how you know there isn't that much um you know people always say this don't they there isn't that much CGI but they really did go to this icy wasteland and they, <laughs> the costs really were performing in these extraordinary conditions and you can say you, it, and you can tell you can really tell it feels so real and visceral and all of those words that people use about this kind of thing so i absolutely 100 loved it i i think it's i think it's brilliant yes i would concur i don't think the lack of women in this is an issue because these men are not glorified in any way right. i mean the second episode is called isn't it these these wretched men or these yeah. wretched men of ours and it is about deconstructing men at their most barbaric when they're isolated and in enclosed quarters and their sole mission is to hunt and they're rewarded for that with money and you know but also as you say Colin Farrell's character there's almost like a romanticism to it when he's harpooning the um the whale he's almost yeah. whispering to it um and getting it to guide him towards where its heart is it's very very menacing but also and watching it, I, I think we're just beyond the phase now where we don't really have binary characters anymore. We don't mm. have inherently good and we don't have inherently evil. So I feel like there is going to be more to Colin Farrell. I hope <laughs> he's not just a three and out monster. Maybe he is, in which case, fantastic. But things like Stephen Graham in this plays the the Captain Brownie in this. And he's got this, he's kind of like, Jack Nicholson in a in a few good men, less scary, but you know, has this this idea for the greater good in his mind. So he's not the moral voice of reason. Jack O'Connell's character is the is the voice of reason in this. And he is fantastic in the show as well. He's the narrator yeah. as well. And I think if you have I mean, I grew up watching him as cooking in skins. So to see him toned down and playing this quite gentle spirited, reserved, like I think he's been through some sort of trauma as well. We don't find that yeah. out just yet, but but you do see that worn on his face and you hear it in his voice as well. And he's quite a gentle soul. He's obviously haunted by his past as well, but he is he's really fantastic in this as well. Um, 
The storytelling is very tight and interesting. It's cinematic, not just in on an epic scale, but what they're able to achieve in that ship as well. Yeah. Um, the cinematographer, I made a note of it, Nicholas Bolduc, who hasn't done too much, but uh, he did a film called Enemy with um, Denis... Oh, Denis Villeneuve. Oh, I, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love that film. Yeah, so he, yeah. did, he did that, that Stuvetti film, which looks absolutely incredible. So he's cinematographer for this. And just what they're able to do with like light in those cabins and and containment and how that kind of manifests as their psyches i think is super super interesting so yeah very very on board with this uh yes i like okay so i didn't enjoy this at all but let me tell you why <laughs> now it's not so this starts with a quote i don't remember the quote but it's a famous quote probably maybe not anyway it's along the lines of all men are absolute twats like that's broadly speaking what the quote is <laughs> and then it feels like this show they set that out as a premise, and then they created the show to prove the point that all people are terrible. Like, this is a proper pilgrimage into the heart of darkness. And I think that's why I struggle with Like, it is dour to the point of... I don't even know there's a word for how dour the show is. It is the most depressingly downbeat, grimy, you-need-to-scrub-yourself-with-a-wire-wool-brush-after-it kind of show I think I've ever seen. It is lavishly as you might say boy lavishly produced it's beautiful incredibly shot hugely cinematic with fantastic performances but fuck me i found it hard work like i really did um you know and i like the setup of it like you've got this incredibly cerebral like jack o'connell's character like this sort of like thinker like he's reading homer like he's absolutely not home on a whaling ship and then you've got this sort of growling i'm not going to try and do the accent that's terrible oh, but the, oh, 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 you know, come on he's, like, yeah. he's just like you can barely understand what he's saying half the time he's being really yeah guttural and he's sort of like with this impenetrable beard and this long greasy hair and he's like a force of like physical fury and he feels like this coiled spring like a like a tiger ready to pounce where like he goes in to get his hand bandaged up in episode two and like the conversation is just dripping with tension and you just feel that at any moment he could just like stab jack o'connell in the face and just think nothing of it because he's clearly a deranged sociopath and also props to sam Sproul, who plays cavendish the first mate who's also mm. absolutely loathsome in this oh he's, the oh, he's just brilliantly the, awful yeah. the, he's just the yeah. worst the absolute yeah. worst i mean barring the fact that if i ever do go whaling i 100 percent want to be on a ship captain by stephen graham like that is a given because he's <laughs> yeah. amazing and also yeah. has phenomenal hair in this as well that wig is perfect but like as i say it's brilliant on all these levels and just the the, ex the expanse of it like the, the 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 arctic ice and they go out and they i mean the seal clubbing was also a lot like the oh the God. amount of seals that got bludgeoned in this show i was like really i mean christ it's just butchery so if you have any kind of affinity towards seals i might not one for vegans. And the whale, when they murder the whale, like, that's really brutal. So that's blood fountaining out of its blowhole, and then they're chopping up its meat. Like, it's not for the faint-hearted. And you know, and these, frankly, this is what passes for levity in this show: the clubbing of the seals and the cutting up of the whale, because the rest of it's really fucking grim. It's who raped the cabin boy, and then who's gonna murder who and dump them in the sea. And then there's, you know, there's skullduggery afoot, you know, in the boat as a whole. Like, there's a lot going on. But I just, I just feel a little bit like, 
Whew, I just I just don't think I've got the fortitude, quite frankly, no pun intended, uh, for a cold show like this. Um, I yeah, I, I it's very for well me, made. Everything very you've good, said, but, everything you've yeah. been, all this whole thing is like you should. The the result of all that is that it's brilliant. Not like it is, yeah, that's it exactly is. what it I'm is. getting from it. It's brilliant. You just find yeah. it a little bit icky. It is oh, yeah. it's a little bit icky, Come but on. it's a masterpiece. It's yeah. brilliant. But coming off the back of the pandemic, it would have killed them to have some knob jokes in there. I'm just saying. Oh shut Having up. said that, there is actually there's there's there are certainly knob scenes in it. There's a foreskin example. Examination, which yes. I could have done without, but yes. you know, <laughs> that's actually a really tense moment yeah, as well. It's brilliantly um, done. At what brilliantly is, done moment? Is. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah. I can't, are you telling us you're not going to carry on watching this film because you're so fucking squeamish and you can't I, take I a bit? I genuinely am saying to oh, you, I probably on. won't watch any more oh, of these because I'm just like, you know, there are episodes of Motherland to watch. There's there are more foundation trailers for me to see. Like I've got stuff going on. No, no, going on. No, I'm missing out on. Happy-go-lucky knockabout comedy The North Water does land <laughs> on BBC Two on Friday, September the 10th at 9.30pm. And next up this week, we have Wolf on Sky, which you will have already heard about. But this is Paul Abbott's new show and stars Babu Sise and Amanda Abington as part of a crack team of forensic scientists solving murders one blood spatter at a time. Beth, how did you get on with Wolf? I had a really good time with this. Uh, I think... There is such a a trap laid for these shows that centralize a a misunderstood man at the middle of it who is a tortured genius, and we're just to expect him to be a tortured genius, and we have to get on with that. But with uh, with this case with Babu Sise, there's vulnerability to him, and he also is someone who isn't afraid to show that he's a bit of a shit sometimes, but in a way where we're not expected to be on his side. I feel like if you're looking at stuff like House or Sherlock, you know, they're supposed to be endearing, whereas he's through and through a little bit of a shit sometimes. Um, and I like that about this show, but I also like that he has fun with the role. Um, this was the show I had the most issue with, and this is this is with what James has just said about the North Water and a, a show called American Horror Stories. <laughs> this was the show that made me squeamish. And not even the um, not even the bit with the uh, the, per- the person in the blender. I don't know what this says about me, but there's a bit with a hand. Oh, um, my God. I, yeah, I must admit that that bit with the hand, I I didn't really didn't get through that. I can feel my, like the blood draining from my face now. Yeah. So, and the fact that Amanda's saying it gets worse. I mean, that's not enough to put me off because I'm not James Dyer, but I think <laughs> it is certainly something, again, just not for the faint-hearted at all. Um, but I liked it. It was fun. It it really does play with with genre with this. It is kind of a detective story embroiled into this, this kind of crime scene um, thriller type thing. But also, I mean, there's a great chase involving what a pitchfork with this not a pitchfork like a, a, a forklift a medium lift. speed to low speed sort of <laughs> foot speed chase with a forklift yeah. which is genius that yeah. forklift ain't going above 10 miles an hour so <laughs> that to pull that off in a way that was like vastly entertaining i thought yeah. was fantastic it's a cracking ensemble cast i don't know the names of some of the emerging actors but i'm so excited to see where their characters go natalia tanner is in this who is yes. wolf's ex wife and she gives him absolutely no forgiveness whatsoever. If he does shit, she calls him on shit. And I really like that character for her. So I I, I have fun with this, but it is oh, nah. <laughs> that that was the one that got it. I could I could just about manage the 
the seals, but this, yeah, this one made me made me feel pretty ill, to be honest. There, there was gippage. There was, as Terry <laughs> would say, there was definitely <laughs> gipping. Mm. Mm. Yeah. No. I was wrong-footed by this instantly because I, I thought, right, it's British crime drama. I could really get into a really nice serialised, you know, like say like a six-part with a nice plot that I can get into. And then when I read that it was essentially a procedural, that it's a one-and-done per episode thing, I was really disappointed. Like, Because you know I hate procedurals. Like, we know you hate like, procedurals, yeah. They are my kryptonite, along with, <laughs> let's be honest, <laughs> comedy loads and, of other things. and yeah. loads of other things. And I just thought, oh, God, this is really disappointing me. I hate procedurals. This is not going to be fun. And then it isn't what I thought it would be at all. And it starts in a really properly comedic van. And as you, I mean, you mentioned this earlier on, Boyd, like it leans into the comedy mm. really hard, like really hard. And so that wrong footed me again. It started, I was like, oh, is this, is this more of a caper? I'm a little bit like thrown by this. But actually, I really, really liked the tone of this a lot. The fact that it is just, just steeped in gallows humour, the way they have so much fun with the most just grim things. And I think they're a really great, team and it's weirdly like this felt to me like the perfect british answer to something like csi which is again a forensics procedural obviously but incredibly po-faced and humorless you know and this is just such a british sensibility to it it's funny you know instead of csi where it was all about the science and the story and stuff this is all about character like the characters are great they're likable they're flawed they're incredibly human and babu sise is just godly in this. He's so, so much fun as this kind of unpredictable rogue guy, but he's funny and you can't help but like him even when he's being a dick. And he's just, yeah, I I thought he was particularly good. None of my lecturers at university, I'll be honest, (laughs) were ever as fun as he is when he's teaching his (laughs) class. Also, fair play to him because he rocks that octopus dressing gown like no one I've ever seen. So (laughs) also that. And as you've mentioned, Beth, I think that that kind of walking speed forklift pursuit might have been, that was was Edgar Wright level humour. That for me was something that should have been in Hot Fuzz. I mean, it's just properly funny. Uh, but then played straight. And I just thought, this was really, really fun. And also, I, I watched the second one as well. And even though they are standalone episodes, it is a procedural. There's enough really compelling connective tissue. Like, as you said, like his his ex, ex-wife ex is uh, N- Natalia Turner. And he's still clearly besotted with her. She's having absolutely none of it. Her new boyfriend, all of that's ticking on. Like, there's a relationship in the office. You know, you feel like this team is a team you want to spend time with, you want to know more about. And all of the characters do feel quite rounded. So, and, and I think that's often what I don't like about procedurals is that there tends to be very little in the way of, well, there's not in all procedurals let's be honest but certainly in CSI and stuff like that there's not a lot of character growth really like it's like that's sort of secondary whereas with this I felt the characters were so vivid and so believable and likable that the it became what I think great procedurals are where you'll the, the plot of the week stuff is fine it's gravy it's in the background but you're not there for that you're there for the characters you spend time with these characters and I think actually this one really nails that so yeah I, 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 I had fun with the wolf yeah it's 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 great and um, interesting I think it, it, Paul Abbott, he lo- I think he really loves, you know, considering his incredible career, as we talked about a little bit about before, going back to Cracker and beyond, he does mm. love a procedural. And I love the fact that, because No Offence, which is, you know, there were three series of No Offence on Channel yeah. 4 with Joanna Scanlon, and that was a kind of 
you know, that was basically a procedural. It also had overarching stories as well, but it definitely started out as a procedural um, and was brilliant, m- by and large brilliant, with a with brilliant ensemble as well, um, cast. I think he likes that. I, and I think I, I love the fact that he, you know, there's no snobbery from him because he's one of our greatest TV writers, let's face it, about, you know, going deep into genre. And this is a great, great crime procedural show. But at the same time, as Amanda said, when we were chatting to her, it's character driven as well. The characters are so, he's mm. so brilliant at creating little, little, you know what these characters are from a little few lines of dialogue like her character is really vividly drawn and just you know she doesn't have that many lines in the first episode today but you know either oh I know what she's like you know I've met mm. someone like her and he's so clever at that everyone is delineated very very well just in a mere, mere few kind of you know, strokes of his pen or types of his of his of his computer to create these characters who feel who feel very vivid and real and convincing. I just think he's brilliant at making it. It is. I think it's the funniest thing he's done in ages, as I said, and I agree. And it is borderline an out and out comedy. I want you know, but I love that about it, and I love the fact that it has that that gallows dark humor of dealing with these gory moments um and and kind of finding uh, the, the fact that they have to cope with them all by being funny about it i think that seems real so it doesn't feel ever feel like he's not taking them seriously he's not you know people are dying and when people there are people are deaths you see how that affects their families and their relatives mm-hmm. and their friends as well so he somehow balances the funny stuff with with taking the taking death seriously which is a hard thing to do but he does yeah. it all the way through i just think he's a master of this stuff and he knows he knows that he's really really good at this kind of thing i think this kind of storytelling a bit of crime a bit of an ensemble uh, you know very black comedy and he's and this is just a one of the best ones he's ever done at that i think potentially you know i think if if you know he wants to carry on doing it and if the car he can get they can get the cast going doing it. i because I, I love a procedural unlike unlike you james and this is like <laughs> this is a rolls royce of a procedural it is you know, let's face it, it, is. it really yeah. is so i'm yeah. I, I i loved it also, props for their use of "I can see clearly now" in the, uh, oh, in the title brilliant. sequence, which I, love I thought that. was fantastic. That, yeah, <laughs> um, and, the, and the title sequence was somehow I thought it was yeah. great. It kind of summed up that it is going to be a bit funny and weird yeah. and eccentric. Yeah, it captures the time. Yeah, yeah, the music and the it's not full sea shanty like the North Water, which goes full Wellerman at the end of the uh, at the yes. end of every episode. But uh, yes. but still. I enjoyed that and a lot. for Adrian Shergold, who I did want to bring up the director because, I mean, it's beautifully directed. There's a scene, the opening scene, where he breaks into this house yeah. and there's <laughs> someone in it and he's trying to get... That is so beautifully done. I thought it was yeah. spectacular. Just that, you know, everything about and that. And properly funny. Proper and funny, yeah. as you say, yeah. Yeah. Uh, now this this will be on now this is on Sky Max. What the fuck is Sky Max? Oh, yeah. We should say Sky Max is the new... Sky One has gone. Yeah. Um, it no longer exists and Sky Max is the new um, there's two new Sky shows Sky Max which is basically the equivalent of Sky 1 really so right. first run big new shows will be on Sky Max but there's also Sky Showcase which is like the best of all the stuff That's so Sky Atlantic Sky Max stuff is also yeah they're both launched this week last week okay. when this goes out yeah it's very confusing. Well this drops on Sky Max and I'm assuming now Max yes. as well no just now <laughs> it'll be on Sky Max and now uh, and it drops on Friday September the 10th Finally this week, we have Ryan Murphy's American Horror Stories. Not to be confused with Ryan Murphy's American Horror Story, the 10th season of which we are still waiting for here in the UK. No, American Horror Stories is rather a spin-off of the main show and is an anthology series telling self-contained horror installments each week. Except for the first week, which is a two-parter about a bondage suit. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, Boydie, (laughs) fetish wear aside, what was your verdict on this? 
First of all, can I register a complaint with the lovely people at Star on Disney Plus, which is the Star <laughs> is the kind of you know adult bit of Disney Plus, but this is based mm. on Disney Plus because they are taking too long getting this stuff to us. So when this when when um, all the American Horror Story, American Horror Story the series, when that was on Fox in the old days when Fox is now gone, um, they used to show it the day after it went out in America, pretty much. Or certainly the week of transmission went out in America, and I know they're doing that with The Walking Dead. So The Walking Dead goes out, doesn't it? At the moment, every week, the day after, I think, airs in. Yeah. America, but they're taking much too long to get these American horror stories. And this went out in July in the States, um, and we've had to wait till now. I mean, that's, you know, at least more than a whole month. So I'm, you know, I've always established how impatient I am. I just think the whole point of like a, a, a kind of a service, like a streaming service like Star Disney Plus is that you bring us stuff quickly. You don't let mm. us wait too long for it. Anyway, that's, that's a detail I wanted to complain about. Um, I do think it's interesting that Ryan Murphy, right? We, I think we've said this before, but we, I think we must have reviewed every Ryan Murphy that wasn't, you know, embargoed. Um, yeah. That there's something that's gone a bit awry for me about Ryan Murphy's recent stuff. Like, it'll kind of, he's, I think, like, in the early days of American Horror Story, the, the first couple of seasons, it was scary. It was properly scary, original, and you felt like he's really tapping into something in bringing actual horror to the small screens. There aren't that many out and out horror stories told on TV. I mean, there's more and more, probably because of the success of American Horror Story to some extent. I watched the, I watched the first two-part story of this series yeah, and, and the same. third different story as well. The first two were written by Ryan Murphy and Brad Falchuk, and the second one's written by Manny Cotto and directed by Eduardo Sanchez of the Blair Witch Project fame. Indeed. Uh, um, the first one, the, but the two parts of Rubber Brackets War Man, <laughs> slightly yeah. clunky, the clunkily titled two-parter, <laughs> which is directed by Lonnie Peristier, I think we should have, I remember. So, I mean, it was fun. I mean, I, 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 to be honest, I got so annoyed about how I didn't believe in one second of it, which I didn't. And it, it's so preposterous and ridiculous and over the top, as all of his stuff kind of has been. That's his thing now, I think, with, you know, with, with Ryan Murphy, that everything's unbelievably heightened, designed to within an inch of its life. Mm very contrived even the kind of comedy elements of it which there are in this in this first two part again kind of very contrived not in, in no way and almost like the opposite of the other shows we talked about in fact there's no naturalism whatsoever in these in this stuff it's like it's like everyone's performing in a kind of exaggerated way i mean yeah. some of the performances i have to say are out and out by some of the, there's there's because it's basically about a young woman i should say played by sierra mccormack who's good um and her father's um michael and troy played by matt bomer and gavin creel who has the worst hair in the history of hair by the way <laughs> what is going on with that fucking hair it's unbelievable it's awful so they move to this big house and then she gets a crush on one of her friends by paris jackson and then you know it, it there's kind of like but some of her friends, some of her school friend, schoolmate friends, are not are, are not great. I have to say, I thought in the in the performances, I thought it was a bit all over the place. Um, I didn't even think Mac Bowman was that great, and I usually he's really good. But my point is that it was fun and it's kind of entertaining as far as it goes. But actually, if you think about it, it doesn't make any sense. It's ridiculous. No. It's not scary. Most of all, it's not scary in the slightest. It's gory. There's like big set piece kills with axes and all kinds of weaponry and knives and this and the other and it's loads of like over the top sex elements to it it's kind of dealing with the idea of this 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 girl being into S&M to some extent and you know mm. the porn it touches on a lot of really interesting stuff like porn and the effect of porn on society today on like on social media there's the exploitation of people on social media and all of that it touches upon a lot of stuff this two-parter but in the end it's like 
absolutely ridiculous. And that way, and that annoyed me more than the fact that you could just, if you just didn't worry about any of the fact that it doesn't make any sense and it's ridiculous, it's a little <laughs> bit fun. The third one's better, I, I, I think. And the third one, like, it's more naturalistic in terms. Of it's mm. it, that's one about that. There's a a band film named Rabbit named Rabbit Rabbit, which somehow has the capacity to have people who are watching it die. Um, and that's it was all about they're gonna they're gonna show it a drive-in, and that and I I, I thought that was a better episode. And obviously, this is an anthology show, so a lot of episodes are going to be some are going to be better than others. But I do think the Ryan Murphy slash Brad Falchuk Falchuk stuff is is going down a weird kind of rabbit hole. Of becoming so camp and over the top and a rabbit rabbit hole, right? A rabbit. Thank you. That it's kind of losing any any connection to reality, and I think that's not necessarily a good thing. Did you find it tonally uneven? Like like the first two parter, part one feels like it's a traditional throwback to season one American horror story yeah. kind of horror. It's in the murder house. You have got Rubber Man and stuff, but then the second half of it just descends oh, into just yes. crazy camp nonsense and you're just like yeah. well, hang on what's happening here because i because again and it was an anthology show i didn't realize it was a two-part at first so i thought the first one was self-contained then i get second one was like, oh this is continuing this is unusual <laughs> and oh it's just turned into something completely different yeah yeah, yeah it's yeah. gone yeah. completely crackers round the bend mental yeah um it's it's a very very odd fish this it's very hard i think to review anthologies generally because mm. it's like throw a dart you'll hit a good one or a bad one you don't really know but certainly from what i've seen it it yeah it it's a little all over the place. I thought the second half was maybe more fun than the first half of the first one, but equally was just demented. I, 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 I don't know quite what's going on over at uh, at Shea Murphy, but um, <laughs> I, yeah, and this has been renewed, hasn't it? It's coming back. I yeah, kind of it feels like a show that yeah. definitely didn't need a second season, but we're going to get one. Beth, what did you think of this? He needs to stop. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to stop, and he needs to just walk away for a little while. Just walk away. <laughs> this was terrible. This was a terrible show. I didn't watch the third one. I didn't have access to the third one. I wouldn't have watched the third one. This was awful. American Horror Story happened 10 years ago, and it did have a huge cultural impact, and it was really scary. I remember watching it when I was getting over a breakup and I was like, well, this is probably the least romantic thing that I can watch. And then it sent me too far the other way, like <laughs> too far. Like I was like, I'll never love again. But that was 10 years ago. And this feels like just shit fan fiction <laughs> for someone that's watched maybe half a season of American Horror Story. Like mm. it's so underdeveloped in some areas. The porn stuff could have gone in a really mm. interesting direction, yeah, but I they didn't go with that. The camp stuff could have gone further and they didn't do that. It just felt like this was contractual to me. I, I don't know what he's having to do with Netflix. I don't know what he, he's, because he's got what, 10, 20 projects in development at the moment. Um, lest we forget, we've got American Love Story and American Sports Story to look forward to. Oh my good fucking god stop it and if he'd been because i mean and if it was if it was consistently good don't go i love pose i love it so much but the other stuff he's done recently has been god awful and this is just this is just no exception one thing i will say one thing in prison he's done he's done fantastic things for representation he really has yeah. over mm. the years and i think he has a like an academy or something or, or a program where he helps to get marginalized people on the screen i'm very here for that but i don't get his obsession with nepotism so you've got paris jackson in this who's michael jackson's daughter 
you've got Kaya Gerber in this. I'm probably not saying her name right. I don't really care because she's <laughs> oh, so she's um Cindy Crawford's daughter, and she's oh, she's so bad. She's so bad. <laughs> yeah, right. Not even in like a kind of fun yeah. scream queen kind of way where you can kind of forgive it because it's all in like like oh, she's probably gonna die a, a little bit later down the line or something. But she oh, she's so bad. Um, and she just comes into it more and more. I feel like poor Matt Bomer was doing, I think he's in a Sarah Paulson kind of vice grip of Ryan Murphy. Because yeah. didn't Sarah Paulson came out and she was like, I, I didn't want to do the last season of horror. Like I really didn't want to do it. She's, <laughs> she's not even afraid of him anymore. She's come out and said, I don't want to do this anymore, Ryan. And I feel like he's almost- but she did do uh, Linda Tripp. She does do Linda Tripp she, in, uh, in Impeachment. And do you know what? I'll watch Impeachment. I will yeah. watch it. Yeah. That seems like it could have- that could have some kind of mileage behind it. I don't know why the show is made. It feels like pure fan service. It is terrible fan service. Just rewatch American Horror Story from 10 years ago and enjoy that kind of nostalgia of being scared to your roots. This was a massive waste of time for me. Like, ugh, no, 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 no. Yeah. It does show you how good, like, um, Inside Number Nine, for example, is it doing, because it's hard to do I thought to come up with a different, and that's yeah. so much mm. scarier and creepier than this shit. Yes, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Does contain the best line of the week, though. What was Sorry, the best boy. line of the week? You want to get blitzed on Xanax and edibles and watch The Crown. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh hell yeah. yeah. That was the funniest bit, yeah. I, I was, <laughs> and I think it, that was the funniest bit in, in, for various reasons. A, that line. B, that they're watching yeah. a Netflix show. And this, he, obviously, he's got his massive <laughs> Netflix deal. And he's still making shows for FX in America. So, yeah, I thought that was all kind of funny, yeah. There's another big Netflix reference at the end of the third episode, by the way. That's true. I'll never see it. Well, and <laughs> frankly, neither will I. But should you wish to, American Horror Stories lands on Star on Disney Plus on Wednesday, September the 8th. Uh, also out this week, lest we forget, is the whole of Motherland Fort Salem season two, or just Fort Salem here in the UK. Uh, it lands on iPlayer on Sunday. I suspect I have talked about this enough. But if you, like Amanda, would be watching the entire thing when it drops on Sunday, then that's where you will find it. It's very exciting because they're no longer really worried about the terrorists, the spree. They're talking about the Camarilla, who are like witch burning sociopaths. Oh, here we actually. go. It's great. Here we go. It's great. It's great. Yeah. Loads of fun. Love it. Love it. It's been renewed for a third season. Is it high art? No, but it's brilliant. Anyway. <laughs> hey, so you say that. There's necromancy. There's, there's sinister schemings. Arcane oh, yeah, cover-ups. Right, there's an earthquake right. dude and yeah. a little girl who can turn people into lava. Uh, not to mention a witch plague that looks like something out like Prometheus. So, Just because you, know. you wouldn't do this in front of Amanda doesn't mean you can do it now. <laughs> yeah, no. We're Look, no different. It will fill the wink-shaped hole in your life. That's all I'm Christ. saying. But that's not the only other thing out this week, is there, boy? There's quite a lot of also oh, out this week. Yeah, there's Dr. Death. Um, on yes. Sunday also on the Stars play uh, which has an incredible <laughs> on cast. the Stars play on the Stars play <laughs> Joshua Jackson yeah. Christian Slater and Alec and fucking Alec Baldwin. Baldwin yeah so in any normal week we would have reviewed that but we, would. we didn't have, wouldn't have time today um, and he's a, he's a surgeon isn't he he plays, he's, uh, yeah. he plays a surgeon so true been, crime yeah yeah thing yeah um, um, it looks great. Lucifer's final on the home yes. stretch. This, the, the last part of the final season of Lucifer kicks off on Friday that's Correct. exciting there is um, Evil, season two of that Demented show. Do you remember that crazy show? Yeah, it was fun. That starts today, mon uh, Monday, Alibi, nine o'clock. Silent Witness fans, that's still going. It's back <laughs> today it? as well. Yeah, Monday and Tuesday, new stories of Silent season Witness. Season 24 yes, of Silent yes, Witness. Yes. Fucking hell. Deal with it. Billions <laughs> is back. Billions had a big, complicated um, mid-season hiatus, I think, due to the yeah. COVID, but it's back so on Wednesday. So season 5B on Sky right, Atlantic. there you go. 5B, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, that, that's back. And I wanted to mention something else. Oh, yeah, The Cleaner is a comedy, sorry, 
uh, James, with Greg Davis, which is really funny. And it's yes. like, he's a crime scene cleaner and there's a different story every week. And a great guest stars of it. David Mitchell, Ruth Madeley, who's brilliant, Stephanie Cole, and Helena Bonham fucking Carter is in Fair play. the first one. Yeah. So and oh and uh, black to front is that on Friday is when Channel Four devotes the whole day to shows um, created by, starring, written by, presented by black British talent, mm. which is a huge big thing, including the return of the Big Breakfast with Mo Gilligan. There's documentaries, there's sample um, pilot dramas and comedies. It's, it's a whole big thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, also, Supergirl, the last part oh. of the last season, season six B, if you will, of uh, of Supergirl, also drops on Sky Max on the seventh, uh, and on Disney Plus on Wednesday the eighth. Doogie Kamaloa, <laughs> yeah. MD, starts, yeah. which is the resurrected Doogie Hauser MD. And the only reason I bring this up is, and this is absolutely true, I'm sure I've mentioned it before, my nickname at school was Doogie Hauser. This is actually true. Oh yeah. Uh, so you used to call me that because some, my friend of mine, my friend Daniel, his sister said that I looked like Neil Patrick Harris which I clearly did not but it stuck because it annoyed me and I got called Doogie and or Hauser for a lot of my school career so wow so for that reason alone do watch Doogie Kamaloa MD uh, when it drops on Disney Plus on Wednesday what is our pick of the week people well it's the North Water for me and I think it do you know what though I think it is for you too I just think you're you're lying yourself good point Motherland Fort Salem it is there we go (laughs) no it's the North Water set in stone (laughs) the North Water Wolf is great as well (laughs) Wolf is good as well Wolf is great yeah 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 well that's another chaotic episode in the bag if you enjoyed it do tell your friends to subscribe and if you didn't then why not recommend it to your enemies instead we are open to five star reviews on Apple Podcasts and to comments constructive or otherwise on social media at James C. Dyer at Boyd Hilton and at Beth K. Webb definitely do not miss next week's show as we will finally be able to talk about the much anticipated third season of Sex Education which drops on Netflix uh, the morning show is also coming as well but that one has a slightly more draconian embargo so I think we might have to leave that one until the week after but it will be worth the wait or will it who knows it's embargoed hard to say anyway until then pilot out mm-hmm.